symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Turn it on and rip the knob off. guys and welcome back to the wrestling memory grenade now at episode 89 as we dive into august 1987 in the world wrestling federation gonna look at all the august news and results here all the way back in 1987 in the wwf tons of fun results tons of localized soundbite promos to get into here this week but also a bunch of news including the injury of ken patera the banning of the blade the women's division here in the wwf gonna get a facelift We'll also look more at the Million Dollar Man character, DeMeltz. Dave Meltzer gets rude. And do we have new WWF Tag Team Champions? Plus, we look at the Paul Bosch retirement card and the Pile Driver album right around the corner here for the World Wrestling Federation. All of that and the WWF versus Jim Crockett promotion war rages on, it would appear. All of that and more upcoming here on this week's edition of the Wrestling Memory Grenade, which you can listen to as well as our sister shows like Monday Warfare, The Battles Within, the Weekly Chronicle of the Monday Night War, now in the month of July 1996. You can also listen to the Regional Wrestling Podcast, where we talk the territories. Right now, two projects going on over there at Regional Wrestling, including Georgia Championship Wrestling 1981 with Jamie Ward and Mid-South Wrestling 1986, Bill Watts' UWF promotion with guest co-host Roman Gomez. Both of those shows going on at the Regional Wrestling Podcast. You can listen to all of those shows and more as part of the WrestleCopia Podcast Network, located over at WrestleCopia.com. That's WrestleCopia.com and anywhere your podcast streaming needs are met, from Apple to Spotify, Google, and beyond. And of course, make sure to follow me on my social media accounts, guys. Follow me on Twitter at Wrestling Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. Also, follow and like me at Facebook.com slash Wrestling Grenade. Follow me on social media for all the latest goings on here at the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. And I'm also constantly adding old school video clips and pictures from throughout wrestling history. And speaking of videos, make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel. You can find me there at YouTube.com slash Wrestling Grenade. Nearly 500 videos and counting, so subscribe today. Uploading new footage all the time as I continue to preserve my old VHS collection by converting it all to digital. And then this is the most important part of it all. Now would be an absolutely fantastic time to become a WrestleCopia patron over at patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. That address again, patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. There are multiple tiers to choose from, guys, but I'm not greedy. Just asking you all to give it a try at that $5 all accessed here gets you all sorts of gifts for just $5, including all of my insanely detailed book-like show notes. We're talking pages and pages of show notes for every episode of The Grenade, Monday Warfare, and Regional Wrestling as well. You also get early access to many of the podcasts here on WrestleCopia. Listen days and sometimes as much as a week earlier than the rest of the listeners. 
plus remastered versions of the earliest episodes of The Grenade, covering the 1989 NWA project, includes enhanced sound quality and new content and conversation. Originally edited out of the initial broadcast due to time restraints, edited right back into the show. But that's not all, guys. You also get digital downloads for your viewing and reading pleasure, and of course, our Patreon-exclusive watch-along series, covering many past WWF and WCW pay-per-views, Coliseum videos, Saturday night's main events, Clash of the Champions, and so much more. You get all of that, plus random bonus video drops and clippings. You never know what I'm going to add. You get all of that for the low, low price of just $5. It's early access, insanely detailed show notes for three of the podcast shows here, plus Patreon-exclusive watch-alongs, remastered episodes with new content added in, digital downloads, and so much more for just $5. No subscription. You can cancel any time. Please show your support if you really appreciate what I do here on the WrestleCopia brand, whether it's my social media videos, the pictures, the storytelling, the research here on the podcast, whether you listen to The Grenade, Monday Warfare, Regional Wrestling, or all the above. If you have a few dollars laying around to help support the WrestleCopia brand, it's greatly appreciated. Just $5, guys. Like I said, no subscription, cancel anytime. Show your support. Just give it a try for a month. I think you'll like the content I offer, and every penny of it goes right back here to paying the bills at the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. So please, help us pay some of those bills. Help keep the WrestleCopia Podcast Network up and running for the months and the years to come. And now, with all of that out of the way, it's time to jump into WWF news for the month of August in 1987, and it all starts with early news on the Ken Patera injury, which will happen here in the early part of the month of August. Ken Patera suffering an injury at upcoming TV tapings, which we will learn requires major surgery, and he'll be out for several months here from the ring, which will screw up main events all over the country over the next couple months as well. Remember, Patera feuding with the Heenan family, so he's headlining the B-shows at this point in time. And apparently, Patera went for a toss, one of his body toss slams, the jerk slam, if you will, on Tom Rocky Stone trying to launch him across the ring when one of his arms gave out and there was severe tendon and ligament damage. It's reported that he had to have six hours worth of reconstructive surgery later that week, and the arm will be immobile for the next couple of months at the very least, and he probably won't be able to return to the ring until around Christmas time. Now we know Patera will be back at least by Survivor Series, part of the main event on Hulk Hogan's team. And though unable to wrestle right now, Kim Patera will almost immediately return back on the road after surgery with the WWF. As you guys will see here, he'll be showing up at the arenas where he was previously booked in the wrestling match with his arm in a sling. And for the most part, it's going to be superstar Billy Graham taking Patera's place in those matches. So you might be saying yeesh as far as wrestling quality goes, but keep in mind, those are those whipping matches featuring Bobby Heenan at ringside, so he should at the very least do a good job distracting the fans' attention away from the action in the ring. So it's going to be superstar Billy Graham taking on the likes of the Heenan family here on a lot of house shows. Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, Hercules, King Harley Race, whoever the case may be. At the very least, we know Patera out for the next few months here in the WWF. And here's another interesting one, our next piece of news, the banning of the blade. Remember, we kind of touched on this in the last July news segment where Linda McMahon made a comment that we don't do those practices here in the WWF. So probably the biggest story over in the WWF right now is that they've banned the blade. No more bleeding in their wrestling matches. 
primarily, it's reported primarily because of the fear of AIDS, a true epidemic there in the 1980s, a death sentence back in that time period. Demeltz goes on to say that eventually Dusty Rhodes is going to have to do the same thing, although he's sure it won't be in the immediate future. Of course, Ted Turner going to crack down on that instead of the American dream. Also, as the summer continues on here in the year of 1987, the women's division, as we've seen of late, getting a facelift. Vince McMahon getting that itch again to do something with that ladies' division. We just saw the jumping bomb angels come in and work something like six weeks against Leilani, Kai, and Judy Martin, and they'll return back to Japan after their tour here concludes with the WWF on August 2nd, but we know they'll be back in time for the Survivor Series and beyond. But it would seem the WWF going younger here with the women's title as well. Remember Sherry Martell defeating the fabulous Moolah to win the championship last month in July in the Sam Houston Coliseum. So Sherry Martell, now the ladies' champion, as the WWF reportedly bought the rights, the belt from the fabulous Moolah, and Sherry Martell to be renamed the Sensational Sherry, so as not to confuse her with Rick Martell, who will still continue wrestling as a babyface. It's reported that the WWF also negotiating with Debbie Combs and Misty Blue to come in and work with Sherry. Those would have both made for some good matches. Debbie Combs more on the wrestling part, Misty Blue more on the youth, and maybe some attraction on behalf of some of the males out there as well, based on what she wore to the ring. And speaking of appearances, the Million Dollar Man. Ted DiBiase's first tape match scrapped after thunderous ovation, reportedly, says the Meltzer anyway. It's reported that DiBiase had to go back out again, get some heel heat this time from the crowd, and then work the matchup. I think it's with Jerry Allen, but I'm not sure. So it's DiBiase's second taped match, which will actually wind up being his TV debut instead. It's also at this point they've nixed DiBiase throwing money out to the crowd because it's getting insane reactions from the fans. Go figure. DeMeltz reports that several of the Titan wrestlers are jealous because in order to make the character seem legit, DiBiase will get limo transportation and stay at only the best hotels and eat at the best restaurants everywhere he goes, which is something only Mr. T and Hulk Hogan get right now. Gotta keep up that appearance as we have some Saturday night's main event news. Appears the first SNME of the fall season will be taped on September 23rd in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Scheduled right now, the Honky Tonk Man defending his Intercontinental title against the Macho Man Randy Savage, and Hulk Hogan defending the WWF title against the Ugandan headhunter Kamala. Now remember, that's pegged for now. This taping on September 23rd scheduled to air on October the 3rd on NBC. As DeMeltz adds, expect the official turn, the babyface turn of the Macho Man to take place on that NBC taping. And then from there, a little more from Dave Meltzer this week. DeMeltz gets a little rude here. Remember how I mentioned that Dave recently stated that Rick Rude would come in as a preliminary worker in the WWF? Well, that continues to go on here this week in The Observer. Dave says, mark my words. Mark these words, guys. Rick Rude will not get over as a major attraction in the WWF. Fans are used to seeing these massively muscular steroid freaks and Rick the Stick's abs alone aren't going to get him over. Rick the Stick. Well, I gotta admit, Rude was always much trimmer than the average wrestler here in the WWF, but preliminary guy? Not going to get over as a major attraction? Demeltzer, ladies and gentlemen. But Dave's still not done there. He says, I was watching the WWF TV with some marks 
with some Mark Stave, really. And they thought it was comedy when everyone was talking about Rude's great physique on commentary. Apparently, the Marks that Dave was watching with said that it looked like Rude had scurvy or something. Unbelievable. Sometimes you just want to vomit at some of the things you read in the Wrestling Observer, and I, I guess that never changes. And I'm not trying to crap on Meltzer and all the good he's brought to the world of professional wrestling, but it's things like this that make you go, ugh. And could it be, do we have new WWF Tag Team Champions in the fabulous Rujo brothers? The Rujos apparently won the WWF Tag Team titles on August the 10th in Montreal from the Hart Foundation. But the decision was reversed by Jack Tunney the next day because the Rujos wound up using Jimmy Hart's megaphone to pick up the win and pin the illegal man in the ring. So for those fans in attendance there in Montreal, they got to live the dream, at least for a night, of their hometown heroes, the Rougeau brothers, winning the WWF Tag Team Gold from the Hart Foundation. Now, since it only happened in Montreal, didn't air anywhere else. Only in the Montreal market was it explained on TV the following weekend that the title change was overturned and the Hart Foundation remained the tag team champions. What could have been, if only for a short period of time there. Also, the WWF planning to release their Pile Driver music album here very soon, as it's reported that several MTV-style videos have been taped in recent weeks. They even taped a Coco Beware video to the song Pile Driver with him lip-syncing, doing two takes, two matches at the Cow Palace for the video against Barry Horowitz. We'll talk more about that when we get there here in the month of August. More WWF news as Paul Bosch has his retirement card upcoming here in the latter half of the month of August. And I touched on the situation with more detail when we broke down Paul Bosch's tenure here with the WWF several episodes back. But the time is now upon us, guys. Paul Bosch has announced his retirement and the WWF sending him out with a great card. A farewell show at the Sam Houston Coliseum on August the 28th. A sellout of 10,000 fans. And WWF agent Jerry Briscoe made a quick statement about Paul Bosch. He stated that if everyone in the business was like Paul Bosch, this would be the greatest business in the world. Very telling of the type of promoter and man that Paul Bosch was here in the world of professional wrestling. And it's truly a unique card, guys, uh, which we'll talk about when we get there later on in this episode of The Grenade. But not only in the fact that six non-WWF wrestlers worked the show, but also that the WWF brought in literally dozens of former wrestlers and guests to Houston to attend Bosch's farewell card as a promoter. And just some of the names in attendance included the likes of former NWA world champions like Lou Thez and Gene Kaniski, AWA champion Vern Gagne, Jose Lothario, Big Cat Ernie Ladd, Tiger Conway Sr., Red Bastine, and Billy Red Lions. Of course, WWF personnel like Jack Tunney, Pat Patterson, Vince McMahon all there as well. And then listen to these names. Sputnik Monroe, Bronco Lubitsch, Boris Malenko, Nick and Jerry Kozak, Cyclone Anaya, Mike Mazurki, Irish Danny McShane. Wow, there's a name from the past. Some people attribute him to inventing the blade, believe it or not. Also, Stu Hart brought in Jesse James. Wow, that name goes back quite a while. Texas star Jim Casey, Ox Anderson, and several others. Plus, Vice President George Bush at the time, future President George Bush, Vice President there underneath Ronald Reagan back in 1987, even sends in a congratulatory telegram to Paul Bosch, commending him on 55 years in the pro wrestling industry. A big night for sure there 
Can't wait to get to that show later in this Grenade episode. But for now, it's more news, this time involving the WWF versus Jim Crockett promotion war. It rages on. It started, well, I guess you could say it started back during that WTBS phase when the WWF sold to Crockett. Of course, WWF, you could say, stealing Georgia Championship Wrestling away from Ole Anderson out from under his feet, taking over the TBS station before Crockett takes it over from Vince McMahon. And the issue is going to continue here. Some political maneuvering is going on here in the Titan-Crockett battles. WWF has cut down on their shows that it will run in Baltimore because the NWA running now, monthly as well, in the city of Baltimore. And recently, when the Joe Louis Arena in Detroit approved the NWA date of September 25th, the WWF pulled out of the Joe Louis Arena and will instead begin running cards at the Silverdome, although to a much smaller crowd than 93,000. The city of Pittsburgh has been interesting as well. Jim Crockett started with a bang there, but the show on August 8th draws very poorly for Crockett, and some of that in part because a lot of the big stars in Kansas City on the same night there, with only Lex Luger versus Nikita Koloff as the big match draw in Pittsburgh in the month of August for Jim Crockett. And we know now that Titan, after drawing back-to-back terrible attendance in the city of Pittsburgh, canceled all of their summer shows. I believe they're returning in the month of September, but now it's stated they're also trying this to exert influence again to regain its former exclusive lease on the building in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. So Crockett, a little bit of balls there. Moving on up, we know they've worked Philly, they've worked Baltimore. They're slowly working their way up into the Northeast there because some of those cities, they just want to see their wrestling. And I should note also, back in July, Crockett ran a show as a double feature in the Cleveland Indians baseball stadium. Now the game, coupled with the matches, okay, mostly the game, drew something like 25,000 fans. And we know Vince has been doing the Richfield Coliseum for a while now, so yet another city up north that Jim Crockett, quote-unquote, invading. Now, yes, Crockett, going back to the Georgia days, really, the Georgia promotion running the city of Cleveland as early as 1982, I think it was. So they've always had a little claim on it prior to Vince McMahon. But Vince taking over the big arena there where the Cavs and everyone played back in the 80s into the mid-90s, the Richfield Coliseum, just outside of Cleveland, Crockett comes in and runs the Cleveland Indians Stadium. Cleveland Browns as well, they shared the stadium at that time. For you youngsters out there, that wasn't uncommon to see your football team and your baseball team play in the same stadium. So in the middle of this WWF Crockett war, DeMelt says that Thanksgiving may be one of the most interesting nights in the history of the business with the WWF and the NWA apparently both having big plans, both of them planning to run a pay-per-view on the same night. Meltzer says, This is just my speculation, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the Hogan-Andre rematch that night to divert attention away from the Starcade pay-per-view. Well, Meltzer getting it right to a degree. We know Hogan will take on Andre in some fashion on Thanksgiving night. And it's going to be the WWF in the Richfield Coliseum against Jim Crockett in the Pavilion in Chicago at this point. As we look into a little this and that and some comings and goings here in the WWF, it's been announced that WrestleMania 4 will take place on March the 27th, 1988, though no venue determined as of yet. Also at this time here in the month of August, those who failed the drug test back at the end of June, Brian Blair for one, are now coming back on the road after their suspension. Jake the Snake Roberts back on the road as of August the 12th as well. And I speculated Chavo Guerrero likely part of these failed drug tests 
we will see Chavo return, if you want to call it that here, in the month of August, and finally make his debut with the company on some of the house shows, a few of the house shows, and then disappear just as quickly. Very unfortunate. And a bonus note, guys, all of the Titan wrestlers passed the AIDS testing as well here. I'm sure every one of them were happy about that. It's also noted that Bam Bam Bigelow will return from his final tour with New Japan and now starting full-time with the WWF as of August 12th on the road. Bigelow even given a $5,500 bonus for jobbing to Antonio Inoki on his way out of Japan. The Dynamite Kid was given August and September off to see if his back problems can be alleviated through two months of inactivity. Shouldn't they have done that months ago? Originally, Davey Boy Smith was to head back to Calgary and the Stampede promotion as its main event babyface while Dynamite was sitting on the shelf since Owen Hart is out on a New Japan tour. But Titan needed Bulldog mainly, mainly to fill in for Brian Blair here as part of the Killer B matches. Also should be noted that David San Martino, the son of the living legend Bruno, making his return to the WWF ring as a preliminary wrestler at least for now. And the few matches we'll see, quite the body transformation from David, who goes from a pudgy young kid to a really trimmed down David San Martino here. Also some legendary names, Doug Crusher and Baron Von Raschke will begin working as mid-level baby faces in towns where they were well known from their AWA days. Now we've seen it in the past with the Crusher filling in for some guys missing up in Milwaukee and places like that. Now, Baron Von Raschke scheduled to come in and do the same. It's also noted that Primetime Wrestling, the USA Network television program, moving from Monday nights to Thursday nights, beginning September the 17th. Well, we'll see how long that lasts. Also, a few new TV announcers showing up over the month of August here in the WWF, including the likes of Mike McGurk. Don't let the name fool you, Mike, a female as well as Bruce Pritchard, who used to do some announcing for the UWF before the sale. So Mike McGurk, Bruce Pritchard now here in the WWF. Mike McGurk, for those who don't know, the daughter of the legendary former world junior champion Leroy McGurk and longtime promoter of the Tri-States area before Bill Watts split away and created Mid-South. Leroy McGurk eventually blinded, but a longtime wrestler and a longtime wrestling promoter. And the story goes he always wanted a son, so Mike is not short for Michelle, her full name, Michael Kathleen McGurk. Of course, she would be a very popular mainstay ring announcer starting here very soon, all the way into the fall of 1993. Demeltz chimes in, much like he did with Rick Rude, that I just hope McGurk gets better because she can't possibly get any worse. Gotta love the positivity there from Dave Meltzer. Also, the Duke of Dorchester. We've talked about him many times before. Pete Doherty has been added to the WWF broadcast team as a, as a heel color commentator. Meltzer says, I guess he's being groomed to replace Jesse Ventura if Ventura becomes a big movie star, as some are predicting. Of course, at that point, Jesse would be unable to continue his wrestling commentary. Meltzer states that Doherty has a unique voice, to say the least, but from what he's heard, he doesn't show a whole lot. Now, don't get me wrong. I love me some golden terror. I love the fun comedy bits of Pete Doherty. Uh, fun time in the ring watching the Duke wrestle. But on commentary, one of the most annoying voices of all time. More news bits here. Billy Jack Haynes going to return from his knee surgery 
on August the 16th, but he isn't scheduled to start full-time until the San Francisco TV tapings. It's also reported that Mr. T, a flop at the gate, the shows in which Mr. T is scheduled as the special enforcer referee here on some of the house shows, not drawing well, at least based just on the Mr. T name being a part of the shows. It's announced that Leaping Lanny Poffa will be coming out with a poetry book just in time for Christmas this year. And Hacksaw Jim Duggan currently nursing a torn hamstring. Wonder how he did that. But he'll be back with a major promotion as soon as it heals. You damn betcha he will. And listen to this. Eat your heart out, warrior man. Silverline Comics has signed a licensed agreement with former wrestler Big John Studd to release a full-color monthly adventure wrestling comic book, as well as graphic novel of Big John Studd. So Studd in the comic books will be portrayed as a babyface wrestler who freelances as an undercover investigator. That just sounds like a TV classic to me. As it also appears, the World Wrestling Federation invading the world-class territory. Titan Sports scheduled to run a show in Dallas on October the 3rd, with Hulk Hogan headlining against the King Harley Race on top. And our last bit of news here this week, listen to this, guys. The true end of an era, the living legend Bruno Sammartino, scheduled to wrestle his final bout here on August the 29th in the city of Baltimore. Bruno Sammartino stepping in the ring for the final time, teaming, of all people, with Hulk Hogan. And we're going to look at that show before we close out this edition of The Grenade as we move into the August results portion of the show. As always, a reminder, you guys, if you want to follow along, scroll along, look at the house show results with me. You can stop over at the historyofwwe.com. Of course, kept up by Richard Land, Graham Cawthon, thanks to him as well for getting that site going oh so many years ago. And again, I don't have every house show result listed here, but I do have the vast majority, all the interesting matches, the main events, the interesting teams, and etc. We do cover quite a chunk of the house show results, but not all of them. So if you're interested in seeing the entire run of August 87 house show results, head on over to the historyofwwe.com. And of course, you can use that also to scroll along with me and kind of look at the shows as I discuss them here on The Grenade. And it all gets started. Of course, we're going to kick it off with the WWF on August the 1st here, heading to Worcester, Mass. Now, I don't have results for this show, but I found some of the matches. Very interesting. Fun card here. Going to see the British Bulldogs scheduled to take on Demolition. George the Animal Steel goes up against the one-man gang. And then in the main event, it's Ken Patera, not injured yet. Patera taking on Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff in a whipping match. And at ringside, Bobby Heenan going to be handcuffed to superstar Billy Graham for the duration there in Wooster. And then it's off to St. Louis, Missouri, also August the 1st, in front of just over 2,000 fans to see WWF Tag Team Champions, the Hart Foundation, defeating the team of Jim Brunzel and Hillbilly Jim, still subbing for Brian Blair at this point. It's also the team of Powers and Roma. Over the Shadows, the Dingo Warrior defeating Barry Horowitz, Cowboy Bob Orton pinning Scott Casey, ravishing Rick Rude over Brady Boone, the Birdman Coco Beware downing dangerous Danny Davis, Brutus the Barber Beefcake over the Mighty Hercules, and in the main event, Macho Man Randy Savage defeating the Intercontinental Champion, the Hockey Talk Man, on a disqualification. Should note that Mr. T, the special guest enforcer for that IC title match between the Macho Man and the Hockey Talk Man. And then one more card here, gotta call this the A card, I suppose, on August the 1st, East Rutherford, New Jersey in the Meadowlands, gonna draw a sellout 
of 15,000 fans, all for the main event. We're going to get to that in just a minute. But the undercard sees Jerry Allen over Tiger Chung Lee, Sika defeating Outback Jack, Outlaw Ron Bass over Leaping Lanny Poffo, women's tag team champions Martin and Kai over the Jumping Bomb Angels who are finishing up their tour here in another day's time. Also on this show, the new dream team, Greg Valentine, Dino Bravo, defeating the Rougeau brothers, the stipulation stating that the winners would receive a tag team title shot here in East Rutherford on September the 11th. So it looks like it's going to be the Hearts defending against the new dream team here next time around at the Meadowlands. Also here tonight, it's Kamala battling the Junkyard Dog to a double countout. That could have been interesting. Then from there, the magnificent Morocco still making his face turn on TV, but here tonight playing a babyface, subbing for the injured Billy Jack Haynes. It's Morocco over the King Harley race, and then we head off to the main event. Killer Khan slated to take on the WWF champion Hulk Hogan. And here's a pair of promos from the Hulkster leading into this big matchup tonight against the Mongolian. All right, we're back over at the Meadowlands Arena in East Rutherford, New Jersey, Saturday night, August 1st, 8 p.m. start. Ladies and gentlemen, a tremendous card. Macho Man, Randy Savage, to meet the king of Harley Race. Come on in, heavyweight champ Hulk Hogan. August the 1st in the Meadowlands. You're going to be tested to the max by this, this new big man from the Far East. Killer Khan, managed by Mr. Fuji. Well, you're a reckless, but not abandon me, Gene. All those Hulkamaniacs live vicariously to me. That's why they get off on my style, brother. Whether it's walking the plank or walking the steel rail, they're with me. If you can't walk, Hulkamaniac, let me walk for you. If you can't see, let me be your eyes. But don't you dare clinch that fist. Let me do the fighting, man. I was deemed the holster, brother, to take care of all you Hulkamaniacs. Let me do the dirty work after I train, save my prayers, eat my vitamins. Now then, number one contender, big sumo wrestler, can you handle the 24-inch pythons? Can you handle the Hulkamania? Mean Gene, I'm going to keep my eye on Mr. Fuji at all times. You had better keep your eye on Mr. Fuji. He's certainly proven in the past, Hulk, that he, that he cannot be trusted. He knows the martial arts, Khan, with the sumo background. What a test it's going to be for you. First things first, I see the sins of mankind written across Mr. Fuji's chest. And also, Killer Khan, I've seen you go to the top rope, drop that 330-pound knee on most of the wrestlers' throats. We'll drop it on this 26-inch neck and see what happens. I'll eat you alive on the way down. Metal Hands Arena, get ready for the roof to blow off the place. Hulkamania's coming. All right, gang, we're going to be back at the Meadowlands next Saturday night. Meadowlands Arena, 8 o'clock start. What a card. Junkyard dog to meet Kamala. Billy Jack to meet the King Harley Race. And over in East Rutherford, this man is coming back to the metropolitan New York City area for a title defense. Next Saturday night at the Meadowlands, Hulk Hogan, title defense. The man from the Far East, Killer Khan, to challenge you. Well, you know, since this match has reached international attention, Mean Gene, and since Killer Khan has Mr. Fuji on his side, I decided I'd go ahead and consult with my people, brother. The Hulkamaniacs Department of War Crimes International, President Oliver North, Vice President Gary Hart, 
secretary, Donna Rice. We met in a little townhouse in the middle of a block in Annapolis, and they told me at the end of the meeting, seek and destroy, Hulkster. Do whatever you have to do. The United States of America, all the USA Hulkamaniacs, will forgive you whatever you do, just as long as you don't do it behind closed doors and shred the evidence. Beat Killer Khan right in the center of the ring, Mean Gene. And what do you think would happen if I got my hands on that Mr. Fuji? I wouldn't even want to speculate. I wouldn't want to venture it. I can imagine well what would happen. Well, before I prosecuted him, man, I'd put him on trial. Seven days and seven nights of testifying. Then I'd wrap the largest arms in the world, the 24-inch pythons, and squeeze the life and breath after Mr. Fuji. Killer Khan, drop that knee on my, knee on my throat, and I'll pressure right through the galaxy like I would the sun. Mr. Fuji, sayonara. Oh, boy, that message is loud and clear, ladies and gentlemen. The Meadowlands next Saturday night, title defense for the champion. And there it is. Hulk Hogan sounds pumped and ready for his match here as he does indeed successfully defend that WWF title. It's Hulk Hogan over Killer Khan in a match that reportedly goes 14 and a half minutes, nearly double the length of a normal Hulk Hogan match and against Killer Khan of all opponents. Kind of curious how that played out, but it is Hogan defeating Killer Khan there in the Meadowlands. Then from there, we're off to Battle Creek, Michigan at the Kellogg Center on August the 2nd. It's Powers and Roma over the Shadows. Sika defeating Jerry Allen, Ron Bass over Lanny Poffo, jumping Jim Brunzel, battling Dino Bravo to a draw. Kamala over George Steele on a countout. Macho Man Randy Savage defeating the One Man Gang. Wow. Also on the card, Brutus the Barber Beefcake defeating his former partner, Greg the Hammer Valentine. More action on August the 2nd, Springfield, Massachusetts at the Civic Center in front of 3,500 fans. Sam Houston over Tiger Chung Lee, the natural Butch Reed pinning Outback Jack, the magnificent Morocco defeating Killer Khan on a countout. Then from there, Demolition over the British Bulldogs, Superstar Graham defeating the King Harley Race on a DQ, and their final night in the company for now, it's the Jumping Bomb Angels doing the job here to the women's tag team champions Leilani Kai and Judy Martin, and in the main event, Ken Patera pinning Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Match reportedly goes just about five minutes. We move on to August the 3rd, Winnipeg, Manitoba at the Winnipeg Arena, the old AWA stomping grounds. 5,000 fans out to see Cowboy Bob Orton over Steve Lombardi. Brutus Beefcake defeating Greg the Hammer Valentine on a DQ after interference from Dino Bravo and Johnny V. It's stated that the Dream Team and JV holding down Beefcake and cutting some of his hair. So we're going to have to see what the Beaver looks like at upcoming TV tapings. Also, Kamala over Outback Jack, another fun one there. And Baron Von Raschke, here we go, defeating Don Morocco on a DQ. So we've seen Morocco play babyface a couple days prior, and now here he is playing the heel here tonight against Baron Von Raschke, working that AWA city of Winnipeg. Demolition on the card over the British Bulldogs, Outlaw Ron Bass pinning Omar Atlas, and then the Crusher subbing in for the Junkyard Dog for the card, the Crusher over Dino Bravo by forfeit when Bravo refused to wrestle since he had signed on to take on the JYD. Thank you, Dino Bravo, for not wrestling. Also on the card, Davey Boy Smith wins a 20-man battle royal last eliminating the new Dream Team. And by the way, Junkyard Dog was indeed in the building even worked the Battle Royal match. So I'm not really sure why JYD didn't wrestle here earlier tonight against Dino Bravo, but I'm not complaining. They used the Crusher instead for a fun little angle. 
Then it's off to Rochelle, Illinois, also August the 3rd, for an outdoor show at the Township High School Helms Athletic Complex. Boy, that's a mouthful. I don't have results, but a couple of matches here at the high school sees George Steele taking on Killer Khan and the Macho Man Randy Savage going up against the One Man Gang. Some fun matches there in Rochelle, Illinois. And then the WWF for their next Superstars taping here in Madison, Wisconsin at the Dane County Coliseum on August the 4th in front of 7,557 fans. Lots of matches here to get into. Exclusive matches for All-American Primetime Wrestling, dark matches as well. So we're going to start at the beginning. All-American Wrestling, this match going to air on August the 16th, sees the Junkyard Dog Battle Outlaw Ron Bass to a double countout in about eight minutes' time. Also, for Primetime Wrestling on August the 17th, special interview. Hope to get this up on my YouTube. Craig DeGeorge up on the interview platform to to speak with the debuting Sir Oliver Humperdinck. So Oliver Humperdinck making his debut here on an episode of Primetime Wrestling and immediately taking issue with Bobby the Brain Heenan. So it would appear Humperdinck coming in as a babyface manager. Also recorded for the August 17th Primetime episode, Cowboy Bob Orton defeating George the Animal Steel on a DQ in just three minutes' time after Steel hitting Orton with a chair inside the ring, knocking him to the outside. The animal laying chase to Orton on the outside, swinging again, Orton ducking out of the way, and Steele blasting the chair up against the post. Cowboy Bob Orton escapes with the win on a DQ there. Another match taped for All-American August the 23rd, it's the Rougeau brothers defeating the team of the Shadows with Le Bombe de Rougeau. And then more All-American action scheduled to air August the 30th, it's Powers and Roma, actually substitution here for the Can-Am Connection, Powers and Roma defeating... Tag Team Champions, the Hart Foundation, on a disqualification when the champions illegally double-teaming the challengers wouldn't let up. So Powers and Roma picking up a win over the Tag Team Champion Hearts, albeit on a disqualification. Then some of the dark matches here on the card, Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase over Omar Atlas, Superstar Graham pinning the natural Butch Reed, and the WWF Champion Hulk Hogan over the Macho Man Randy Savage. And then just some quick highlight notes for things to come here in the month of August on TV. You can expect on August 15th to see the Bobby Heenan, Rick Rude, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff saga to begin. Also, new WWF Women's Champion Sherry Martell going to have a syndicated TV match against Angie Minnelli here in the month of August. Rick Martell going to get a single squash, but the Islanders coming to ringside attacking Martell. Tito Santana out to make the save. Very interesting there. And we'll also be getting Ted DiBiase's TV in-ring debut after an absence of eight years. Also taped for August 22nd, Superstars, Kim Patera's match with Rocky Stone, where Patera suffers that arm injury. It makes TV. And then just a few notes for the August 29th TV episode of Superstars. It's Brutus the Barber Beefcake. He's going to be shown receiving hairstyling tips from the famed stylist, Sal Fodera. Plus, by the end of August... Here on Superstars Honky Tonk Man, going to make the big mistake of claiming to be the greatest intercontinental champion of all time as he name drops past champions, including the Macho Man Randy Savage. Let's see what happens when the Macho Man hears that. August 29th will also mark the debut of Strike Force. Rick Martell and Tito Santana in action as we move on to Lacrosse, Wisconsin at the Lacrosse Center for August the 5th. 6,547 fans out to witness the Wrestling Challenge TV tapings here. And here as part of the TV tapings, we see a match up here, the French version of Wrestling Challenge, 
going to feature a matchup airing for August the 16th of Steve Strong, a.k.a. Steve DeSalvo. It's Steve Strong going over on Frankie DeFalco with a Tombstone pile driver in just over two minutes' time. Also at these tapings, to be aired on primetime August the 17th, Outlaw Ron Bass over Sonny Rogers with that pedigree maneuver in just two minutes as well. And the Junkyard Dog going to battle the one-man gang to a double disqualification in about six and a half minutes when the referee knocked down both men fighting over the Slickster's cane there. Also taped here at the Wrestling Challenge Show for WWF Spotlight on August 22nd, Outback Jack over Iron Mike Sharp with the Boomerang Bulldog from behind in four minutes and 40 seconds. And for All-American August the 23rd, it's Nikolai Volkov with an exclusive win over Jerry Allen using the backbreaker. Match goes seven minutes. i got to find me that matchup. Nikolai Volkov over Jerry Allen in seven minutes on the August 23rd All-American. One more match tape for TV here at Wrestling Challenge. This time, Primetime Wrestling, August the 24th, going to see the King Harley Race pin, wow, pin Brutus the Barber Beefcake in about 11 and a half minutes with a high knee to the back as Beefcake was distracted at ringside by Bobby the Brain Heenan. Now, after the bout, the beefer, putting the brain in the sleeper, was about to cut his hair before Harley Race pulling his manager from the ring, Bobby Heenan getting to keep his hair intact there. And then we close out the night with a big dark match. Going to see the WWF champion Hulk Hogan defeat Killer Khan. This wrestling challenge taping will also feature the airing of that uh, matchup, that famous matchup in which Ted DiBiase pays Mr. Washington, a jobber, to wrestle for him against Chris Curtis, I do believe. We'll talk about that in the upcoming weeks here in the TV results. But for now, we move on. WWF in Green Bay, Wisconsin on August the 6th at the Brown County Arena. Sees Outback Jack over Frenchie Martin. Rick Martell taking on Tama of the Islanders. The British Bulldogs. Nope, wait. At this point, Dynamite Kid is out. And apparently Davey Boy was going to be a sub for Brian Blair here. So it was going to be Davey Boy and Jim Brunzel, not the Bulldogs nor the Bees. But instead, both Killer Bees out, Dynamite Kid out. So what do you do? You call an audible. And it's the team of Davey Boy Smith and Scott Casey. Defeating the team of Cowboy Bob Orton and the Magnificent Morocco. Also, King Harley Race over Jerry Allen. Dino Bravo pinning Brutus the Barber Beefcake. It's the Junkyard Dog over Killer Khan on a DQ. An arresting match. And in the main event, now subbing for the injured Kim Batera, it's superstar Billy Graham pinning the Mighty Hercules with Bobby Heenan in his corner. And then off to St. Paul, Minnesota, the Civic Center on August the 7th in front of 4,745 fans. Brad Rangan's back in AWA country, defeating Leaping Lanny Poffo. It's also Outback Jack over Sika the Samoan, ravishing Rick Rude, putting away Omar Atlas. Women's tag team champions Leilani Kai, Judy Martin, now defeating the team of Angie Manelli and Teresa Dubose. Or is it Dubois? It's spelled Dubose, so I guess it's whatever. The Junkyard Dog taking on the Intercontinental Champion Honky Talk Man on this card. Also, it's Davey Boy Smith teaming with Jumping Jim Brunzel over the team of Morocco and Orton. Brutus the Barber Beefcake slated to take on Dino Bravo. Don't have results for that match, but in the main event, it is WWF champion Hulk Hogan over Killer Khan. And then it's off to Omaha, Nebraska, Civic Auditorium, August the 7th, 3,527 fans to see David Sammartino battle Frenchie Martin to a draw. Scott Casey over Brady Boone. Tony Greco. Who the hell is Tony Greco? Over Iron Mike Sharp. Scoring a win here is Tony Greco. Baron Von Raschke over the King Harley Race under disqualification. Rick Martell over Islander Tama. And in the main event, again, Superstar Graham subbing for Kim Patera over Hercules. 
And due to the pre-match stipulations, Graham earning the right to whip Bobby Heenan 10 times after the matchup in Omaha. As the WWF off next to Duluth, Minnesota on August the 8th in front of 3,829 fans. It's Sika the Samoan over Brad Rangan's Killer Khan pinning Outback Jack, Davey Boy Smith, and Jim Brunzel over the team of Frenchie Martin and Bob Orton. Frenchie a sub here for Don Morocco in this matchup. But oddly, Don Morocco still on the card and used as a heel here, scoring a win over David Sammartino. Then from there, it's Brutus Beefcake over Dino Bravo on a disqualification, and Superstar Graham continuing to substitute for Ken Batera, scoring a win over Hercules once more. Bobby Heenan this time handcuffed at ringside to the Crusher for the duration of the match. That'd be fun. The weasel handcuffed to the Crusher ringside. The man who coined the term weasel for Bobby the Brain Heenan. And then we're off to Chicago, Illinois, and the Rosemont Horizon. Also August the 8th, listen to this, 14,967 fans. So you can kind of guess who's headlining this show. It's Brady Boone early on over Jose Estrada, Lanny Poffo defeating Iron Mike Sharp, ladies tag team champions Martin and Kai again over Manelli and DeBose. It's Rick Martell defeating Tama in 17 minutes. Afterwards, Martell attacked by both of the Islanders. Then from there, King Harley Race pinning Cowboy Scott Casey. It's Ravishing Rick Rude over Tony Gurria. Gurria subbing for Special Delivery Jones while Rick Rude got in the ring with Tony Gurria. Would have loved to have seen that. Then from there, Coco Beware defeating Dangerous Danny Davis on a countout. And in the main event, you knew he drew the crowd. WWF champion Hulk Hogan pinning the macho man Randy Savage. Savage not only had Elizabeth in his corner, but Danny Davis down to ringside as well to counteract the special enforcer referee here, Mr. T., I'm assuming T got handsy with Danny Davis and Hogan scoring the win there over the Macho Man in the end. As we're off to South Bend, Indiana and the Joyce Athletic and Convocation Center on August the 9th, 3,594 fans. It's Scott Casey over Frenchie Martin, Rick Rude defeating Lanny Poffo, Davey Boy Smith still subbing for Brian Blair at this point, teaming with jumping Jim Brunzel. It's Brunzel and Davey Boy over the team of Morocco and Orton. After the matchup, it's reported that Morocco and Orton fighting with one another. So the split, no doubt, any time now on TV. Danny Davis then pinning the Birdman Coco Beware after nailing him with a foreign object. Killer Khan defeating Hillbilly Jim. And in the main event, Superstar Graham replacing Kim Patera again over Hercules in a whipping match. And the Crusher once again ringside handcuffed to Bobby the Brain for this one. We move on. Milwaukee, Wisconsin and the State Fair on August the 9th. A matinee show in front of 7,831 fans. It's actually the same exact card as the South Bend show we just talked about, except they added a match. This time, it's WWF champion Hulk Hogan over Sika in the main event, so they brought the Hulkster in to work the State Fair show here in Milwaukee. And I don't have results for this card, but I thought it would be fun. Lafayette, Louisiana, the Cajun Dome, going back to the old stomping grounds of the Mid-South Territory on August the 9th as well. Scheduled on the card was Ted DiBiase to take on the Junkyard Dog. My, how times have changed, but once upon a time, my God, go back to even to 1982. What a feud that was, DiBiase turning heel on the JYD. And then it's off to the Maple Leaf Gardens, Toronto, Ontario, also August the 9th. David Sammartino over Johnny K9. Brady Boone pinning Jose Estrada. It's Special Delivery Jones defeating Mike Sharp. Women's Tag Team Champions Martin and Kai again over Manelli and DuBose. Nope, now it's spelled Dubois. So I, I was right in the beginning, all the way back when I first saw her name earlier this year. Teresa Dubois here apparently, at least on the Toronto show. Nikolai Volkov defeating Outback Jack. Rick Martell pinning Haku this time. And then, of course, after the bout, once again, Martell attacked 
by both Islanders. Also on the card, Beefcake over Dino Bravo on a DQ. And in the main event, it's Intercontinental Champion Honky Tonk Man over the Macho Man Randy Savage on a disqualification after Savage getting a little wild there, blasting the referee, drawing the DQ and Honky Tonk Man retaining the title. As we move on to Montreal in the Forum in Quebec on August the 10th, we touched on this during the news portion of this week's Grenade. 11,811 fans listened to the card. Once upon a time hometown favorite, Dino Bravo here over the Junkyard Dog. Tito Santana scoring a win over Steve Strong. Steve Strong used here as a substitute for the natural Butch Reed. It's Santana over Strong on a countout. Then from there, Pat Patterson putting back on the tights and scoring a win, a pinfall win over Brutus the Barber Beefcake. After using a foreign object, we'll see a return match here in Montreal before too long. Don't worry, guys. Also on the card, ravishing Rick Rude over Scott Casey. Steve Strong used a second time, and once again as a substitution here for Killer Khan. And this time, Steve Strong getting a win over Outback Jack. So Strong loses to Tito, only on a countout, and then scoring a win here over Outback Jack. So it seems like maybe they thought they'd have plans for Strong down the line at some point, possibly. Also on the card, Superstar Graham over Iron Mike Sharp with a bear hug. Special Delivery Jones pinning the Red Demon. And in the main event, World Tag Team Champion Hart Foundation slated to take on the fabulous Rujo Brothers. Right now, we're going to hear from Jimmy Hart and the Tag Team Champion Hart Foundation. All right, Montreal, you've been waiting for this one a long time, and you well deserve it. We're going to be back at the Montreal Forum on Monday night, August the 10th, Tremendous World Wrestling Federation card. One-on-one, Brutus the Barber Beefcake to meet the great Pat Patterson. What a matchup that should be. Junkyard Dog is going to have his hands full with another Canadian, Montreal's own Dino Bravo. Tito Santana to meet the natural Butch Reed. Killer Khan goes against Outback Jack. Superstar Billy Graham meets Iron Mike Sharp. And come on in, Jimmy Hart, the mouth of the South. Jimmy Hart, I think the entire world knows now that in Montreal, the home of Jacques and Ramon Rougeau, they will be challenging your Hart Foundation, Bret Hart. And Jim Neidhart for the World Tag Team Championships. And I don't know what your thinking is right now on this big one. We were fortunate. Let me tell you something. You're right. It's their home. They have two referees, which are French. Am I right or wrong? They've got everything in their favor. But just remember, baby, the mouth of the South and the Hart Foundation, we always keep that ace up our sleeve. All right, Jimmy, that, that, that really makes me sad. It's, it's the Rougeau's home. Are, are you, are you going to tell me that the Rougeau's are going to be beaten within an inch of their life and humiliated in front of their mother and father? (laughs) (laughs) The cousins? Well, I don't know. (laughs) Might be optimistic thinking on your part, Bret Hart. Let's face it, Jane. Let's get down to the very basics here. To be the world heavyweight tag team champions, you got to have substance. You got to have something. You got to have something to acquire the girls. You got to have something to acquire the money and the glory and all the pride and all the good things that come with being world champions. Now, when you look at the Rujo brothers, they just don't have it. You know, they're just, you're looking at two of the biggest nerds that ever. Nerds, nerds, baby. Have you seen them in the movie? Have you ever got a good look at the nerds? Have you ever got a good look at him? I thought, yeah. Do you know what a nerd is? I, of course I know what a nerd is. What is a nerd? 
It's a Rougeau brother. Let me tell you what. Anybody that has to have their name on the back of their jackets, man, a name on the back of their jackets yeah. for people to know who they are, and they wear them through the airports. They don't wear them to the ring. They yeah. wear those cooler jackets in the airports. They wear them to bed. They wear them, you know, when they leave home. That's right, baby. It's like they've been in a permanent hair match. You hey. see those little punk hair stars they have? Let me tell you something, baby. We're going to go to the ring, the champions, and we're going to come back the champions. Two referees, five referees. You can bank on that, daddy. I like them. They're a couple of clean-cut well, young men. Revenge of the nerds, revenge of the killer frogs. What I don't care. What does it matter what you call these guys? The fact is, they're not good enough. They're just not good enough. We're going to find out, gentlemen, in short. I feel sorry for their mother. All right, Montreal in a forum Monday night, August the 10th. Don't miss a tremendous card, including a title defense for the tag team champions. Nerds! So the Hart Foundation having some fun there with the Rougeau brothers. However, it's the Rougeaus that have the fun in the ring as Jacques and Raymond, we talked about it at the top of the show, defeat the tag team champion Hart Foundation to win the WWF tag team titles. Jacques pinning Bret Hart after hitting him with Jimmy Hart's megaphone, which came into play there behind the referee's back. Now, the title change was never mentioned on WWF TV, and the belts were returned later in the week to the Champion Heart Foundation due to the use of Jimmy Hart's megaphone. And for those footage hunters out there, video footage of this title change did, in fact, air on the local Montreal TV news stations. So the Rougeaus, champions for a day, it would seem, as we move on to Youngstown, Ohio, August the 11th at the Bigley Center. It's Rick Martel over Tama, David Sammartino battling Tiger Chung Lee to a time limit draw. Eek. Hillbilly Jim over Dino Bravo on a countout. More eek. The Junkyard Dog defeats Killer Khan on a disqualification. Triple eek. Though I won't lie, guys, this one sounds like fun for me. Also on the card, six-man midget action featuring Cowboy Lang, Pepe Gomez, and the karate Chris Doobie over the team of Little Tokyo, Lord Littlebrook, and... Well, it says Cowboy Lang again. Can't be wrestling himself. This can't be accurate. The uh, third member of the Little Tokyo Little Brook team here. Maybe as the results go on, we can kind of figure that out. But here in the main event in Youngstown, not too far from Pittsburgh, it's Bruno San Martino stepping in the ring to substitute for the injured Ken Patera here. Bruno pinning the mighty Hercules in an old-fashioned whipping match. Then from there, in Rochester, New York, at the War Memorial, August the 11th, in front of 1,905 fans, it's Brad Reagans over Frenchie Martin, ravishing Rick Rude, defeating Cowboy Scott Casey, Outback Jack over the Red Demon, that's usually Jose Luis Rivera under that mask, Brutus the Barber Beefcake over Dangerous Danny Davis, Special Delivery Jones pinning Iron Mike Sharp, Superstar Billy Graham over Outlaw Ron Bass, and in the main event, the British Bulldogs defeating the Tag Team Champion Hart Foundation, on a disqualification. Now that's the results. We know Dynamite Kid is going to be out of action here for the next several weeks. The WWF planning to let Dynamite try to rehab the back by taking some time off. What a notion. Then from there, the WWF in Suffer, New York at the Rockland County Fair Indoor Showcase Arena. On August the 12th, 2,722 fans out to see the Dingo Warrior over Terry Gibbs, Jose Estrada pinning Sam Houston, Bam Bam Bigelow now back on the road full-time for the WWF here. It's Bigelow over Leaping Lanny Poffo, Jake the Snake Roberts over Nikolai Volkov. I should note that Jake returns also here on August the 12th. Ravishing Rick Rude battling Tito Santana to a 12-minute time limit draw. Maybe shaved a couple minutes off of that 15-minute time limit there. But it's Rude and Tito to a time limit draw. Also the one-man gang pinning Coco Beware. And Rick Martell scoring a win over Tama. 
Of course, the match originally advertises the Can-Am connection taking on the Islanders. Rick Martel going at it one-on-one here, defeating Tama. And we've seen it throughout the year. Dynamite was down with the injury at the beginning of the year. Davey Boy taking on many separate partners. And then just recently, B. Brian Blair suspended. So jumping Jim Brunzel doing the same thing for the Killer B matches. You might be asking, why is Rick Martel, instead of finding himself makeshift partners throughout this house show run, why is he wrestling Tama or Haku one-on-one? And I'm assuming the answer to that is Tom Zink is gone. He's not coming back, guys. And yes, I know Strike Force right around the corner, but they haven't been put together yet on WWF TV, so that could be the issue here, or they're simply running thin on talent. More action on August the 12th in Monaca, Pennsylvania at the Golden Dome. I don't know how much of a dome this is, only drawing 986 fans here in Monaca. Is that how you say it? It's Cowboy Lang, Pepe Gomez, and Karate Chris Doobie over the team of Little Tokyo, Lord Littlebrook, and Cowboy Lang. So we see it again here. The same results. Unless there were two separate Cowboy Langs, I'm very confused. Feels like a copy and paste job here in the results department. If anybody has the actual results, who was on this Lord Littlebrook team as the third member? Please send them my way so I can correct this. And send them Richard Land's way as well over there at the historyofwwe.com. I'm sure Richard would love to get in on this as well. Also on the card in Monaca, it's Paul Roma over Steve Lombardi. David San Martino pinning Tiger Chung Lee. Also on the card, Bruno San Martino filling in for the injured Kim Patera. So Bruno getting to wrestle on the same card as his son. I'm sure that's how they got Bruno to show up. That and the fact that it took place in Pennsylvania. It's Bruno San Martino over Hercules again in a whipping match. Also on the card, JYD over Killer Khan in a disqualification. And Hillbilly Jim with Little Beaver by his side, scoring the win over Dino Bravo on a countout. As the action continues on, the WWF in Topeka, Kansas at the Kansas Expo Center, August the 14th, the first card ever held by the WWF in Topeka, by the way. And on that card, some of the matches included the King Harley Race over the Junkyard Dog. A little bit of a WrestleMania 3 rematch there. Tag Team Champion Heart Foundation over B. Brian Blair and Jump and Jim Brunzel. Brian Blair returning to the road here. On August the 14th, Killer Bees back in action. It's the hearts over the bees, however, and in the main event here in Topeka, it's the IC champion, the Honky Talk Man, over Jake the Snake Roberts. As we move on to Hershey, Pennsylvania, which is also the site of the next Saturday night's main event, but that's a little bit down the road. So for now, we're talking August the 14th in the Hershey Park Arena. Iron Mike Sharp over Brad Rangans, the Dingo Warrior, defeating Jose Estrada. It's Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase over Sibiafi. The Mighty Hercules defeats Outback Jack on a disqualification? How did that work? Also, Hillbilly Jim with Little Beaver in his corner over the one-man gang on a DQ. Rick Martell defeating Tama of the Islanders. And once again, after the bout, the Islanders double-teaming Martell, so you hope they bring this back and Martell finds himself a partner for their next shot in Hershey. Also on this card, Tito Santana over Dangerous Danny Davis in a Lumberjack match. As we roll on to Long Island, New York and the Nassau Coliseum, Uniondale, on August the 14th, 5,741 fans ravishing Rick Rude over S.D. Jones. Greg the Hammer Valentine defeating Scott Casey. It's Demolition over the Rougeau brothers. Jerry Allen pinning Barry Horowitz. Kamala reportedly scoring a win over the Birdman Coco Beware. Brutus the Barber Beefcake defeating his replacement in the Dream Team. It's Brutai over Dino Bravo here on a DQ after interference from Greg Valentine. Also on the card, Brady Boone over Terry Gibbs. And in the main event, it was slated to see Ken Patera take on Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff in that old-fashioned whipping match. Now, we know Ken Patera is out with injury. 
He's going to be replaced here by superstar Billy Graham. But right now, guys, I want to send you to a fun promo featuring Bobby the Brain Heenan and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, Mean Gene, standing by with them. The Brain does not want to be whipped. All right, the Nassau County Coliseum, Friday night, August the 14th, 8 o'clock start. I cannot believe this kind of a match would be signed. 1987, they're calling it an old-fashioned whipping match. Former Olympian Kent Patera to meet Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff from the Bobby Heenan family. Speaking of Bobby Heenan, he will be outside of the ring, handcuffed to Bruno San Martino. And I'm very curious, Bobby Heenan, with the stipulations in this match, when you were a, a small child, when you were reprimanded by your parents, did you ever get a spanking? Were you ever whipped? Ever whipped? I was never reprimanded by my parents. I never did anything wrong. I was a model child. I'm a great citizen of this United States. I've never been whipped because I never needed to be whipped. Nobody has ever put leather on my body, and no one ever will. I'm handcuffed to Pizza Face San Martino, the living legend. The man is going to restore our law and order. You're not going to do nothing to me. Bobby, Bobby, wait a minute, Bobby. wait a minute, hold whoa, on. Whoa, whoa, Bobby, relax. Do I look excited? Do I look nervous? I can assure you, Bobby, that's why we signed this match. That's why we signed this match. It's not because of the whipping, because, see, that's never going to happen. Why we signed that match is that Kim Batera is going to pay for what he did to Bobby Heenan. I'm going to Remember, you know, that hey, Bobby, he, he's going to be handcuffed to Bobby, Bobby, San Martino. Bobby, Nassau County Coliseum, Friday night, Bobby, August Bobby, the 14th. Right, don't you dare miss it. Really fun promo there with Bobby Heenan, as always. We're going to see what happens here in the matchup. It's superstar Billy Graham accompanied to the ring by Ken Patera, scoring the win over Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. And then after the bout, you guessed it, both the superstar and Ken Patera took turns whipping Bobby Heenan. And outside the ring during that match, Bruno Sammartino handcuffed to the brain just to make sure he didn't get involved here. So the living legend out there, along with superstar Graham for this matchup and Ken Patera, sounds like the odds were against Bobby the entire way. And we're going to move on to August the 15th, big day of World Wrestling Federation action. Going to look at the A, B, and C cards here. And I guess we're going to start with, we'll call this the B card here, in the Boston Garden. In front of 7,004 fans televised on the New England Sports Network included Lord Alfred Hayes on commentary, along with the likes of Jimmy Hart, Slick, and Johnny V throughout the night. The Dingo Warrior over Barry Horowitz. Dingo Warrior, the future Ultimate Warrior. Bill here is being from Queens, New York. So we have this guy pretending to be a warrior, but we know his hometown of Queens, New York, even though he's a dingo, which would suggest that he is from Australia, you would have to think. Boy, wouldn't that have been something, the team of Outback Jack and the Dingo Warrior, mate. Oh my. But here it is, the Dingo Warrior over Barry Horowitz with the Gorilla Press Slam and the Big Splash, gonna get the win here. All the way back in August, finally the Warrior beginning to appear on television here in the World Wrestling Federation, an early sighting of the Warrior, as he is still the Dingo Warrior, but it did air in the area of Boston. Also on the card, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orner picking up a win over Nikolai Volkov with a clothesline. You heard me right. Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, along with bodyguard Virgil, pinning Siviafi here with the Cobra Clutch into a Russian leg sweep combo. Very cool deal. And then following the match, DiBiase paid a very, we'll call her a busty woman here, $300 to kiss his feet. You guys are curious? The pictures are on my Twitter and my Facebook. Also on the card, Iron Mike Sharp over Brady Boone with the loaded forearm band. Hillbilly Jim with Little Beaver in his corner defeating the one-man gang on a countout. Then after the bout, the gang attacking and splashing, laying down the 747 on top of Little Beaver. 
And if you guys enjoyed the stuff that went on at WrestleMania 3 between Beaver and Bundy, amplify that here. Lots more interference from Beaver in this one. And if you were irritated by what Beaver did to Bundy at WrestleMania 3, this is not the match for you. Also on the card, the fabulous Rougeau brothers defeating the team of Dino Bravo and luscious Johnny V filling in for Greg Valentine here. When Raymond was making the cover on Johnny V, Dino Bravo coming in to try to stop the count, but accidentally leg-dropping his own manager, Johnny V, there, and the Rougeos picking up the win. And then in the main event, and this didn't happen at the end of the night. Actually, this took place right before intermission. But I wanted to save the best for last here. Listen to the matchup. Six-man elimination action featuring the likes of the Intercontinental Champion, the Hockey Tonk Man, teaming with the Tag Team Champion, Heart Foundation. So it's Honky Tonk and the Heart Foundation taking on, listen to this trio, Jake the Snake Roberts, the living legend Bruno Sammartino, and Tito Santana. Wow, what a random threesome there. And remember, this is elimination rules, and the eliminations occurred like this. It was Jake Roberts losing on a countout after being blasted by Jimmy Hart's megaphone from the Honky Tonk Man about halfway through the match. Then from there, Tito Santana picking up a win over the Hitman with a flying forearm. Jim the Anvil Neidhart turning around and defeating Tito Santana after Jimmy Hart tripping Tito up from outside the ring. Jimmy Hart going to try more shenanigans later in the matchup, going to attempt to blast Bruno with the megaphone, but Bruno out of the way, Hart accidentally nailing the anvil instead, and Bruno scoring the win there over Jim Neidhart, leaving it down to one-on-one. IC champion Hockey Talk Man versus living legend Bruno Sammartino. What do you guys think happened here? Bruno! Going to score the win, you guessed it, over the Honky Tonk Man. Bruno pinning the IC champion here. After a little crisscross spot, Honky Tonk Man dipping his head for a backdrop, and Bruno countering, just blasting him with a running knee to the side of the head. And San Martino scores one final win in his final night in the Boston Garden. Now we move on. We'll look at the C show, if you will, taking place at the Philadelphia Spectrum here on August the 15th in front of 5,102 fans, televised on the Prism Network. Included Dick Graham on commentary, along with Gorilla Monsoon for the first half of the show. Craig DeGeorge joining after that point. And the card looked like this. Jerry Allen over Jose Estrada with a roll-up. Women's champion, the sensational Sherry, pinning Velvet McIntyre. Ravishing Rick Rude over Special Delivery Jones with the -the over-the-shoulder backbreaker. Then after the matchup, Greg Valentine randomly coming out to ringside to congratulate Rick Rude, which leads to Brutus Beefcake coming out as well interrupting the hammer, and Rick Rude's posing with a very upset Rick Rude then having to be held back by WWF officials, leading to our next matchup. Featuring Brutus the Barber Beefcake defeating Greg the Hammer Valentine on a DQ here when Rick Rude interfered as the beefer had Valentine in the sleeper hold. So it looked like Brutus was putting the hammer away when Rick Rude back out. How dare you interrupt me during my posing after my win? Could you imagine if somebody had tried to interrupt Hulk Hogan? That'd be the end of their job here in the WWF. But it is Rude attacking here, and then a two-on-one beatdown is Rick Rude and Greg Valentine ganging up on the barber. Rude then holding the barber up. Valentine looking for a cheap shot, but Beefcake out of the way. Valentine blasting the ravishing one instead there. Brudai getting out of the ring just in the nick of time. Also on the card, yikes, listen to this. Coco Beware defeating Kamala. Kim Chi in his corner. Coco picking up the win here on a countout. Kamala trying for an avalanche splash on Coco on the floor. Coco out of the way, and Kamala running face first right into the steel post on the outside, getting counted out. Coco picking up a very big win there. Also on the card, Haku of the Islanders pinning Rick Martell with help from Tama on the outside. 
Match went about 15 minutes. Pretty fun stuff there. Also, it's Brad Rangans pinning Terry Gibbs with a rolling cradle. And then from there, the main event, Superstar Billy Graham filling in for Ken Patera here. It's Superstar Billy Graham once again taking on the Mighty Hercules in a whipping match as Graham does pin Hercules here. Graham sent outside. He's out on the apron. Hercules looking to power slam Graham up over the top rope back into the ring, but it gets turned into an inside cradle of sorts. At least he tried. Graham picking up the win here on the Mighty Hercules. And during the matchup, I should mention, Bobby Heenan was handcuffed to special enforcer Mr. T for the duration. So even if Bobby had wanted to get involved here, it wasn't happening. And then post-match, Bobby Heenan handcuffed to the top rope, preventing him from escaping those 10 lashes. So what happens? Hercules, standing in front of his manager, trying to prevent the whipping from taking place, when the ring announcer then announces that if Hercules doesn't leave ringside, he will be suspended for six months and a $10,000 fine. Ooh, heavy fees here. 10 grand for not getting out of the way of a country whipping or an old-fashioned whipping, if you will, here. And six months suspension? Don't you guys think that's just a bit much? Nevertheless, they give Hercules to the count of 10 to leave the ring, which he does with one second to spare. A hesitant Hercules who wants to keep his job and probably more importantly wants to keep that 10 grand, I'd have to imagine. And due to those pre-match stipulations, Bobby Heenan gets the whip. First from Superstar Graham, before Mr. T says, no, 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 Superstar, give Ken Patera a few as well. Patera then taking the belt as the crowd explodes. They want to see this, guys. It's been months in the making. Ken Patera using his free arm, his good arm, to whack away at the brain here. Though I've got to admit, several of those shots blatantly worked shots from Graham, from Patera. Maybe they laid a couple in, but for the most part, they were pretty kind to the brain, but you can't expect Bobby to take 10 real lashes every night, can you? We move on to the, I guess it would be the A show, and you'll find out why here in just a minute. Fort Wayne, Indiana at the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum in front of 9,716 fans here on August the 15th. They're out there to see, well, a couple of undercard matches caught my eye. It's David San Martino again with Tiger Chung Lee on the undercard, so David's got to get a decent payday with that crowd. But also, Chavo Guerrero scheduled for the show to take on Frenchie Martin. But you want to know what brought the house? I think you guys have guessed it by now. The A-Show features WWF champion Hulk Hogan defeating the macho man Randy Savage here. And before we move on, I should note, those Boston and Philly shows, they are out there. They did make air on the New England Sports Network and Prism, so they do exist, and I have a copy myself of each. Really fun shows, especially that Boston one. As we move on, though... August the 16th, Denver, Colorado, the McNichols Arena in front of 6,974 fans to see David Sammartino over Terry Gibbs, Special Delivery Jones, Pence Frenchie Martin, Chavo Guerrero is indeed in action now here in the WWF, at least for the time being. It's Chavo scoring a win over Jose Estrada. That had to be a fun match. Also on the card, Demolition, defeating the Killer Bees when Jim Brunzel was pinned after Mr. Fuji's interference using his cane on the outside. So Demo scoring a win over the Bees there. Also on the card, dangerous Danny Davis defeating George the Animal Steel on a disqualification after Steel accidentally, well, maybe not so accidentally, nailed referee Dave Hebner for getting a little too close to the action. Also on the card, women's champion, the sensational Sherry, defeating Velvet McIntyre. Billy Jack Haynes subbing for his good buddy Ken Patera. However, Ken Patera accompanying Haynes to ringside here for the old-fashioned whipping match, it's Billy Jack Haynes defeating the King Harley Race. And in the main event, WWF champion Hulk Hogan once again pinning the Macho Man Randy Savage. This time, 
Mr. T, the guest enforcer referee for the match between Hulk Hogan and the Macho Man. Then from there, Portland, Maine, also August the 16th, 2,970 fans at the Civic Center to see Paul Roma over Iron Mike Sharp, Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase pinning Jimmy Powers, Bam Bam Bigelow over Brady Boone, it's the Dingo Warrior again scoring a win over Barry Horowitz, the Rougeau Brothers defeat Tag Team Champions, Hart Foundation on a countout, the One Man Gang over Hillbilly Jim, and the team of Tito Santana and the Junkyard Dog. Going to reprise the team from WrestleMania 2. It's the Dog and Santana over the new dream team of Greg the Hammer Valentine and Dino Bravo. And as we close out the night, Hillbilly Jim going to pick up a win in an 18-man battle royal. As we move on to August 18th, Utica, New York at the Memorial Auditorium. 2,157 fans going to see the Million Dollar Man over Leaping Lanny Poffo. S.D. Jones over Frenchie Martin. It's Chavo Guerrero again, pinning Jose Estrada. David Sammartino battling Terry Gibbs to a draw. I'll teach you to submit to Ron Shaw, Mr. Sammartino. Also on the card, the Demos. Demolition over the Rougeau brothers. One-man gang defeating George Steele on a disqualification. And the Macho Man, Randy Savage, over the King Harley Race. Also on a DQ in a battle of heels. No doubt the Macho Man cheered there for that one. Then from there, Warwick, Rhode Island Musical Theater on August the 18th sees Duke of Dorchester, Pete Doherty over Barry Horowitz. Oh, poor Barry. The Dingo Warrior defeating Iron Mike Sharp, Bam Bam Bigelow over Brady Boone. The new dream team of Bravo and Valentine defeating the up-and-coming Roma and Powers. Nikolai Volkov over Hillbilly Jim on a countout. And tag team champions the Hart Foundation defeating the team of the Junkyard Dog and Tito Santana on a DQ. From there, we head to West Palm Beach, Florida, West Palm Auditorium, August the 18th, 3,117 fans. It's Steve Lombardi over Joe Murdo, Outlaw Ron Bass defeating Brad Rangins, Tama of the Islanders defeats Rick Martell, British Bulldogs' Davey Boy Smith one-on-one here, scoring a win over the mighty Hercules. It's the Shadows picking up what may be their first win ever, the Shadows defeating the team of Jerry Allen and C.V. Afi. Then listen to this, Coco Beware defeats the Ugandan headhunter Kamala here. So the writing clearly on the wall. Kamala goes from main eventing with Hogan with the beginning of 1987 to doing a job to the Birdman here in the month of August. And then in the main event here in West Palm, it's Jake the Snake Roberts defeating Intercontinental Champion, the Honky Tonk Man, on a disqualification. So Honky will retain as we move on to Erie, Pennsylvania at the Civic Center August the 20th. It's S.D. Jones over Terry Gibbs. Demolition defeating the Rougeau brothers, David Sammartino wrestling Jose Estrada to a draw, Chavo Guerrero pinning Frenchie Martin, Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase has his toughest match to date, taking on Tito Santana here, former college teammates down there at West Texas on the football team, but here it's DiBiase pinning Tito Santana, then after the bout DiBiase paying another fan $300 to kiss his feet. Also on the card in Erie, it's Junkyard Dog over Outlaw Ron Bass on a DQ and the Macho Man Randy Savage pinning the one-man gang after it listened to this. Guest referee George the Animal Steel tried to grab a steel chair away from the gang. Gang trying to use the chair on the Macho Man and Steel pulling it away, saving his former foe of over a year. And then when Macho Man took gang down to the mat, George Steele with a fast count. Didn't even know he could count to three. Good job, George. But I've got to question the logic. After all of the fighting and feuding, why is George Steele elected referee of a matchup involving the Macho Man? But it worked out in Randy Savage's favor. Luckily, George has a short-term memory, it would appear here. Or maybe there were some promises with Elizabeth on the side. I'm just saying. 
as the WWF heads into Wildwood, New Jersey at the Convention Hall August the 20th. Dingo Warrior over Barry Horowitz. It's British Bulldogs' Davy Boy Smith battling the King Harley Race to a draw. That would have been interesting. Remember, guys, by the way, Davy Boy's working these singles matches because Dynamite sent home to try to rehab that back, finally, after several months back in the ring. Nevertheless, it's Davy Boy going to a draw with the King Harley Race. Bam Bam Bigelow over Brady Boone. Powers and Roma defeating the new Dream Team. Wow, talk about an upset. Hillbilly Jim over Nikolai Volkov and in the main event tag team champion Heart Foundation defeating the team of Kamala and Sika. Oh my, the Hearts versus Kamala and Sika. This would have been a fun night in Wildwood. I would have loved to have been there. The Davy Boy race draw, Powers and Roma defeating the new Dream Team, and then in the main event, the Heart Foundation versus Kamala and Sika. Just to see the Anvil and Brett get in the ring with the Kamala character would have been enough for me alone to buy a ticket to this one. Then from there, also on the 20th of August, Louisville, Kentucky at Freedom Hall, held as part of the Kentucky State Fair, and it's going to be more of the same action the following day, August the 21st, in Birmingham, Alabama, at the Jefferson Civic Center, as well as in Indiana later that day at the Indiana State Fairgrounds. All of those matches, a little bit of an undercard, but I'm talking about Hulk Hogan scoring wins over Killer Khan in all three of those cities, Louisville, Birmingham, and Indianapolis. So lots of traveling here for the WWF Champion and the Mongolian couple more cards for you guys here on August the 21st. Richfield Coliseum, Richfield, Ohio, sees Brad Rangans over Terry Gibbs. Jose Estrada battling Chavo Guerrero to a 20-minute time limit draw. Man, I wish I had made this show at the Richfield Coliseum. Tama of the Islanders over Leaping Lanny Pafo. It's Haku of the Islanders then pinning Rick Martell after interference from Tama at ringside. But guess what, guys? They don't get the double team on Martell after this one because Tito Santana out to make the save. Santana making the save for Rick Martell here. That could be telling in the weeks to come. Also on the card, Intercontinental Champion, the Honky Tonk Man, over the Macho Man Randy Savage on a disqualification after Savage clocking the referee for getting a little too involved. You let the Macho Man do what he's going to do, ref. You hear me? Also on the card here in Richfield, former partners collide as the Magnificent Morocco. Pence Cowboy Bob Orton, it's Tito Santana over Nikolai Volkov, and the final match of the night, George the Animal Steel teaming with the Junkyard Dog over the Tag Team Champion Heart Foundation on a countout. As we move on to Detroit, Michigan, and the Joe Louis Arena. Now remember, Crockett got the okay to begin running Joe Louis Arena, so the WWF reportedly going to change venues. They'll teach Joe Louis Arena a thing or two. They're going to move the shows back to the Silverdome, although at a much smaller scale, no doubt about that. And we'll see what happens with all of that moving forward, but right now we're in Detroit on August the 21st. 2,000 fans out to see Brady Boone over Frenchie Martin. Steve Lombardi and Barry Horvitz defeat the team of C.V. Afi and Scott Casey. Sika the Samoan over S.D. Jones. Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase over the British Bulldogs' Davy Boy Smith. That could have been good. Superstar Graham battling the Natural Butch Reed to a double DQ, so the feud begins here on the house shows between Graham and the Natural Butch Reed. Also here at the Joe Louis Arena, it's Jake the Snake Roberts over Kamala on a countout, and Billy Jack Haynes with Ken Patera in his corner over King Kong Bundy in an old-fashioned whipping match. And as you know by now, after the bout, Haynes and Patera taking turns whipping poor Bobby the Brain Heenan. And throughout the matchup, Heenan handcuffed at ringside to the special enforcer, Mr. T. And the WWF really hitting the big cities over the next few days. We saw them up near Cleveland and Detroit. Now they're down here at the Omni in Atlanta. August the 22nd, only drawing 2,200 fans 
It's David Sammartino over Terry Gibbs, SD Jones, Penny Frenchie Martin, Outback Jack over Tiger Chung Lee, Jake the Snake Roberts defeats King Kong Bundy on a countout, Nikolai Volkov over Joe Murdo, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, spoiler alert guys, now a babyface, it's Mr. Wonderful with Ken Patera in his corner, defeating the King Harley Race, Bobby Heenan in his corner, and Heenan handcuffed to Mr. T again at ringside throughout the matchup, so Orndorff and Ken Patera getting a little revenge here, putting some lashes down. I'm Bobby the Brain Heenan at the end of this old-fashioned whipping match. Also on the card here in Atlanta, it's Powers and Roma over the Shadows and the Birdman Coco Beware pinning Dangerous Danny Davis with the Ghostbuster. Mr. T working double duty tonight, back out as the special enforcer referee for a Danny Davis match. No surprise that Coco Beware would get the win there. As we move on to Landover and the Cap Center on August the 22nd, 15,000 fans. So I guess by now you guys have figured out who's headlining this card. Iron Mike Sharp over Jerry Allen. It's Horowitz and Steve Lombardi. Fun heel team there over the team of C.V. Afi and Brady Boone. The Magnificent Morocco defeating former partner Bob Orton Jr. Million Dollar Man again over Davy Boy Smith. It's Brutus the Barber Beefcake defeating his former partner as well, Greg the Hammer Valentine, on a disqualification after interference from luscious Johnny V. Tag Team Champions, the Hart Foundation over Kamala and Sika again. Boy, I want to see that so badly. And in the main event... It's the match, well, the man that sold the show. 15,000 fans out to see WWF champion Hulk Hogan defeat Killer Khan in a Mongolian stretcher match. Wish I could have seen that one as well. As we move on, August the 22nd, New York City and Madison Square Garden. 18,000 fans strong. Televised on the MSG network included Gorilla Monsoon and Lord Alfred Hayes on commentary. Later joined by Pete Doherty, the newest member of the announced team. Sad to say. And we kick things off with Gorilla Monsoon interviewing the Duke about his new job here in the World Wrestling Federation. In the locker room area, Madison Square Garden, with the latest acquisition of the World Wrestling Federation to our broadcast team, referring to the gentleman to my right, Duke Doherty. That's correct. The World Wrestling Federation has finally gotten bright. They have gotten smart. They are showing they have brains now when they got someone like me in there to give color on the black the yellows, and the whites in that ring. Well, that remains to be seen, because you only have a few matches under your belt right at this particular point in time. I can remember years back when you were the madman inside that squared circle. I hope you don't turn it around and become the madman on the broadcast team. I want to describe everything that happens in that ring the way it happens. And when I see an illegal move, y'all going to know about it. Y'all not going to, I'm not going to be like you and hide it. Uh-huh. You're making some uh, accusations that could get you in a whole lot of trouble, Duke. Oh, yeah? The Duke will be joining us on the broadcast team later on in the evening as well. We'll be back with more action in a moment. Well, if the World Wrestling Federation was looking for a unique voice, they found it here in Pete Doherty. Also at one point during this card, Howard Finkel introducing Andre the Giant to the MSG crowd. Andre makes it about halfway to the ring, doesn't care for the reception he's receiving here from the fans, all the boos. Andre, in disgust, turns around and walks back into the locker room. Good heel stuff there from the Giant as we head into the action for the night. Tama of the Islanders over Scott Casey. Tito Santana battling outlaw Ron Bass to a 20-minute time limit draw. And they fight every minute of those 20. No shaving of time here tonight as Santana and Bass go to the draw. Women's champion, the sensational Sherry over Velvet McIntyre with a back suplex. 
Then up next, it's Rick Martel scheduled to go one-on-one with Haku of the Islanders. But Tama at ringside? What's Martel going to do with a two-on-one all match long? He heads backstage before the match even begins and finds himself a new friend in Tito Santana. Got to combat Tama on the outside or so it would seem. Luckily, the referee making both Tama and Santana leave ringside before the match would begin here. But it's still Haku pinning Rick Martel after Tama returns to ringside and interferes in the matchup. So Haku scoring the win over Martel, but Santana back out to make the save here as Strike Force continues to build into a team. But this card, it feels like it never stops. More action up next. We saw the rematch from the Intercontinental Title Change Hockey Talk Man pinning Ricky Steamboat on TV last month here in the Garden. It was the rematch for the Dragon, who scored the win, albeit on a countout over the Hockey Talk Man. Hockey Talk retained the title. They bring the match here again to the Garden this month. But this time, it's a lumberjack match. Going to make sure Hockey Talk Man stays in the ring. And we're going to hear from both sides right now. A couple promos from both champion and challenger. All right, New York City, we're going to be back. Midtown Manhattan, Madison Square Garden next Saturday night, 8 o'clock start. What a phenomenal card. There will be, oh, 14, 16 lumberjacks around the ring next Saturday night when Ricky, the Dragon Steamboat, challenges the Honky Tonk Man for the Intercontinental title in Madison Square Garden. Standing by, Ricky Steamboat with comment. Honky Tonk Man, the last time that you and I met in that squared circle, the rules of the Federation were in your favor. That's right, we're in your favor in what I'm trying to tell you because of a count out. I was awarded the match, but you went home with the bacon. The champion, one more time. And I'm sure that evening, when you were looking up at the ceiling, and the match was going through your head, that you knew that you were going to be the loser, and yet you took the rules and the regulations and put them in your favor one more time. Held on to the outside of the apron like a chicken. You are the new man strutting around the streets. How did you feel in your gut, knowing as you walked back to the locker room with your manager hanging all over you, that you held on, that you took the easy way out? This time it cannot happen no more. Wrestlers all around the ring. All right, get ready. Madison Square Garden, Midtown, coming up August the 22nd, big Saturday night. Get your tickets in advance. Jimmy Hart, I'm not going to mess around at all here. I want to bring you and your champion, the Intercontinental title holder, out. The return has been signed. Lumberjack-style rules will prevail when the Honky Talk Band beats Ricky, the Dragon Steamboat, here August 22. That's right. Lumberjacks around the ring. 15 or 16 are Ricky, the Dragon's friends. You know, one of these guys, all they got to do is sucker punch him, or maybe Ricky throw him out of the ring, and one of the guys hold his leg where he can't crawl back in the ring and then it's history for us we'll lose the championship but we got a big surprise for you steamboat i don't know how you feel about it all hockey talk man but i think you're in a in a pretty good jam here i don't mind telling you i don't like it i don't like something like this because i see right now it's a ploy it's a it's the only way ricky the dragon steamboat and jack tunney can try to get the belt off the honky talk man they want to surround the ring with wrestlers hoping that the honky talk man goes out on the floor the object is for them to throw him back in but see, the honky-tonk man never goes out on the floor. It's just the opposite. It's Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And why he wants something like this, why Jack Tunney is doing this, I don't know. They just don't like the honky-tonk man. They never have. But 22,000 people, 22,000 of my friends, of my fans, they love the honky-tonk man. And they don't want something like this to happen to me. And I don't like it at all. In fact, I'm afraid of it. I'm afraid something might happen. I'm afraid I might lose my belt. And you know what happens if the honky-tonk man loses his belt? I've lost everything, Gene, everything. I'll even lose Peggy Sue. 
because she wants me because I have this belt. My friends and my fans in Manhattan want the honky-tonk man to have the belt. They don't want me in this kind of match. Jack Tunney will do anything. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat will do anything. But he's not going to get the belt. Lumberjacks or no lumberjacks, I'll do anything to keep my belt. Must be quite a shallow relationship if Peggy Sue leaves him. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back. All right, tonight here in Madison Square Garden, World Wrestling Federation action back in Midtown Manhattan. It all starts at 8 p.m. Box office over to the garden right now for the big one tonight. By the way, tonight, 12-15 lumberjacks around the ring in a return title defense for the honky-tonk man. Tonight, he's going to be challenged by the former champion, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Remember, in a lumberjack match, if you're outside of that ring, the lumberjacks throw you back into the action. Ricky, Steamboat, the Dragon, standing by. Let's get his comments about the big one tonight. You know something, Honky Tonk Man? Let me explain something to you, a little bit about the facts of life, the facts of professional wrestling. When you are a champion, all the dogs are after you. I hardly had a chance to feel that when I won that belt. I had it such a short period of time. I wasn't a closet champion because I did take on all comers, but it was so short. You spoiled my riches. To make my year the year of the dragon, as I stated many, many times, the birth of my son to be a champion all in one, what a man I was going to be. You spoiled those chances. But I had the eagerness. And I was positive. And I felt sure that when I came into Madison Square Garden that I was going to go home with the bacon, the champion. But no. Next time, Honky Tonk Man, next time we will see. We All right, next Saturday night, Madison Square Garden here at the Big Apple. In a return title defense, Honky Tonk Man, Jimmy Hart, will be squaring off against Ricky, the Dragon Steamboat, the Intercontinental Championship on the line. However, this time around, it's going to be just a little bit different. 14, 16 lumberjacks around that ring. Nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. That's right. Nowhere you to run this time, Steamboat. Nowhere to hide this time. You want the honky-tonk man, baby? You got it. All right. Honky-tonk, uh, Ricky Steamboat next Saturday night for you. Right here in Midtown Manhattan. Yep, Ricky Steamboat. It's his last chance. It's his last and final chance for this belt that he thinks should be his. I beat him right in the middle of the ring the last time in Madison Square Garden. All of my fans saw it. 22,000 of them packed in. And they're coming back again because they didn't get what they wanted. They didn't get to hear the number one hit single sweep in America today. They didn't get to see the honky-tonk man do his dance. But I don't care. I don't mind if Ricky Steamboat's got 14 or 15 of his friends around the ring. That don't worry me. See, a couple of weeks ago, the honky-tonk man was a little bit afraid. That kind of stuff bothers me to have all of Ricky Steamboat's friends around the ring to keep me in. I didn't go anywhere last time, Ricky Steamboat. I beat you, and you're going to be beat again next Saturday night. That's my night out. Madison Square Garden is my place, and I'm going to hold my belt no matter what. All right, get ready. We're back at the Garden next Saturday night. Honky Tonk for a title defense right here. As the Lumberjacks begin to surround the ring, it appears to be the Islanders, Tito Santana, JYD, George Steele, Scott Casey, Lanny Poffo, Outlaw Ron Bass, and Jose Estrada all surrounding the ring here for this Lumberjack matchup that sees IC champion Honky Tonk Man. Jimmy Hart also out there at ringside for Honky. It's Honky Tonk pinning Ricky the Dragon Steamboat after hitting him with Jimmy Hart's megaphone while the referee was distracted, putting George Steele out of the ring. You see, the ref had become distracted by Jimmy Hart at ringside and had his back to the action. The steamer, he had the Honky Tonk Man pinned for the title. 
but the referee, too distracted to see it, couldn't make the count. George Steele slid into the ring and made the count himself. One, two, three. Good job, George. Unfortunately, the referee turns around, sees Steele in the ring, has to escort him outside of the ring, allowing Honky Tonk Man to grab that megaphone, wallop the dragon with it, and steal the win. Thus concluding the, well, I guess if you want to call it feud between the Honky Tonk Man and Ricky Steamboat, Honky Tonk going to move on to other things here in the WWF. As the dragon, no doubt, going to head back home to spend more time with his family. And of course, just like any good Lumberjack match ends, all of the wrestlers getting in the ring at the end of the match, going into a big brawl there before the babyface is clearing the ring as the show goes on. A couple more matches still going to take place here at MSG. Up next, though, it's superstar Billy Graham beginning his feud here with the natural Butch Reed. We're going to hear from both sides. It's Gorilla Monsoon standing by here at the Garden. Going to talk first with superstar Graham, followed by the natural and his manager, the doctor of style, Slick. Gorilla Monsoon here in the locker room area with a gentleman who they said would never, ever, possibly even walk again, let alone step inside that squared circle, referring to former world champion superstar Billy Graham, a vendetta, so to speak, uh, Billy, between you and the natural. Oh, yeah, no question about a Gorilla Monsoon. One, by the way, one of the greatest color commentators ever to set foot before a camera, Gorilla Monsoon, right here. Superstar Billy Graham was cut down, was cut down on the hospital bed, in the wheelchair. Said he would never wrestle again, but I beat the odds. The doctor said you can't come back. The lawyers, the Indian chiefs, and the bakers said, Superstar, you're finished. But I came back, and then Butch Reed tried to take me out again. Tried to cut me down one more time, but the Superstar, superstar survived. You understand? Cheap shot. A cheap shot, brother, in the greatest of terms. Actually tried to take me out of pro wrestling on the blind side. But I withstood it. I withstood the pain and the agony to rise and to fight again. And superstar Billy Graham, when I do give my hands on the natural, the new, the dude got natural blonde hair, you know, him and his whole family. The bear hug. Watch for the bear hug. Because when the bear hug is on, there's no escape. And superstar Billy Graham will not let go because the man has got to pay his dues for trying to cut me down, trying to take me out. Superstar Billy Graham and the Superstar Bear Hug will survive. Watch for the Bear Hug right here in Madison Square Garden. I'm sure that Superstar will also be keeping his eye on the Slickster. Grilla Monsoon here in the locker room area with a Slickster and his main man, the natural Butch Reed. Of course, that could be all over tonight, Slick. Well, you know, I'm going to tell you something, Monsoon, and I'm telling Monsoon. all you people, I know how to pronounce your name. I'm going to tell you right now, Billy Graham, if you think what happened to you a few weeks ago was tough, but then you better consider early retirement tonight and don't even get in the ring because a natural is running wild and you going down. You're talking about the back jumping incident. What back jumping incident? He oh gave that God. broken down dude exactly what he deserved, right, natural man? This side was the back. Let me tell you something, Billy Graham. I ain't never had to go in your back door in my life, sucker. I can take you on. Head up, just like it is. A natural man, 260-pound brick house. Let me tell you something, you crippled old bum. This is your last roundup. This is your last hoorah. Right here in the Mecca Professional Wrestling, Madison Square Garden, baby. I'm going to beat your burger. I'm going to beat on that bald head till you grow high. I mean to tell you one thing, because I got to told you before. I told you once, I told you twice, and I got to tell you again. There are two things that don't last long in my business, and that is dogs that chase cars. And broke down wrestlers. Nothing happened wrestlers like you are chasing me. Get ready. I think you're a little bit overconfident, Slick. Words of wonder for you superstars. You can't take the heat. Get out the kitchen. Coming up in a moment.
All right, so both sides sound very confident here. Let's see what happens. Superstar Billy Graham battling the natural Butch Reed to a double disqualification. Initially Slick interfering here, hitting Graham with his cane, allowing the Superstar to pick up the win on a disqualification. Initially, Superstar having Butch Reed in the bear hug. Slick didn't know what to do, so he interferes, blatant interference, to keep his man from submitting. But after the bout, Graham reapplying the bear hug to Butch Reed, and it takes multiple officials to come out and force him to break the hold. During the melee, Gorilla Monsoon even getting in the ring and accidentally blasting Slickster with an elbow. Slick taking a bump off of a Monsoon elbow here in 87 was really fun to see. And Graham initially won the match on a DQ, but because of all the post-match shenanigans with the bear hug and things, this winds up being a double disqualification. This match also marks Graham's first time back in the Garden in more than four years. But a double DQ here this month between Superstar Graham and the natural Butch Reed. I lied, guys. I said there was two matches left. I guess there were three. We saw the Graham match, but also here on the show, Leaping Lanny Poffo substituting for Chavo Guerrero. So Chavo Classic may already be gone from the WWF after just a week or so in the ring. And it's unfortunate because we would have got to see him. This would have been his first televised match with the World Wrestling Federation. And instead, it's Lanny Poffo subbing in here, scoring a win over Jose Estrada. And then we're off to the final match of the night. Going to close out the show. Axe and Smash Demolition slated to take on the very wild team of Junkyard Dog and George the Animal Steel. Right now, we're going to go backstage once more. It's Gorilla Monsoon standing by with the animal and the dog. Then on the other side, Lord Alfred Hayes is going to talk with Demolition. Gorilla Monsoon here in the locker room area with two very imposing individuals referring to George the Animal Steel and the Junkyard Dog, but the opposition for you, dog, in the garden here tonight is also very intimidating. Yeah, the guy's got a good team, man, he's called the Demolitions, and uh, they're one of the best teams I've seen around for a while. Not only are they dangerous, it's that manager they got, Mr. Fuji. You know, Fuji has some of the, the best wrestlers that's been here in the World Wrestling Federation, but George and myself, we got some plans made for tonight. George, what uh, kind of... Pl- George, hello. Hello, George. What kind of plans... Hello! What kind of plans do you have for this evening? Tonight? Doggy, say, X, smash, watch, Fuji, doggy, say, do good, everything, be, okay. George, coming all around, baby. We get this thing. Is this this your first time teaming up with the animal? Actually, no. We we had a uh, couple of times together, but George and I had a little bit of difficulty trying to communicate, but. We got, we got, hey, wait a minute now. We got this thing down to a fine tune, man. Just like a 57 Chevrolet. You hear every soul click. We oh, put George. tables down <laughs> and put them on table, maybe. Demolition in for a lot of trouble tonight. <laughs> Lord Alfred Hayes here in the locker room area with the Demolition. This is obviously the most devastating team in the World Wrestling Federation, Smash and Axe. They go up against Junkyard Dog and the Animal, formidable opposition. What do you think of that Smash? Well, it's kind of like this. If you live by a river and the water rises, you get a flood. And that's a major disaster. Well, if a tornado comes into a little city and wipes it out, that's a major disaster. Well, Junkyard Dog and George Steele, right here in Madison Square Gardens, that's a major disaster for you because Fuji gave us strict orders to demolish you. You know... It looks like we're going to be zookeepers here this evening. Junkyard dog and the animal. They're definitely going to have a problem. And you know, Lord, what happens around the zoo after all the animals have eaten and stuffed themselves. We're going to clean up house. We're going to take care of the junkyard dog. 
He brings his own chain into the match, Smash. We don't even have to leash him around. And the animal, we've seen you before. You don't show us nothing. Communication problems, you've got them. Wrestling problems, you've got them tonight. Right here in the gardens. Lord, we're going to make a present. We're going to stuff the dog and take the animal back to Master Fuji. Well, there may be a major disaster here, but it could be the demolition on the wrong end of that disaster. All right, and there it was. Both teams, well, the demolition sounded confident. George Steele picking up a table backstage, threatening to take it to ringside there and use it on Axe and Smash. That would have been interesting. JYD with a big smile as George Steele having some fun there. But we head to the ring, and it's no fun to be had by JYD and the animal. It's demolition defeating Junkyard Dog and George Steele on a DQ. After George Steele hitting Smash with a steel chair, Steele couldn't take it anymore. Demolition continuing to double-team the Junkyard Dog for what felt like quite a bit of time. George Steele having enough of it, and he goes against an equalizer in a steel chair. Since the referee wouldn't disqualify the demos for their double-team actions, George Steele going to head in there and save his partner, but it is the Demolition picking up the disqualification win. Then we're off to Springfield, Massachusetts Civic Center, August the 23rd. Barry Horowitz and Iron Mike Sharp reportedly over the team of Jerry Allen and Scott Hall. I'll have to look more into that. just seems very odd. Randomly, this name Scott Hall slid in here for this match in Springfield, Massachusetts. And for one night only, not even a TV taping, not even AWA country. Sounds a little fishy to me. And maybe it was a Scott Hall, just not that Scott Hall, but here are the results. It says Horowitz and Sharp over Jerry Allen and Scott Hall. Outlaw Ron Bass over C.B. Afi. Million Dollar Man again defeating Davey Boy Smith. I would love to see one of these matches between DiBiase and a youthful British Bulldog. Also on the card, Don Morocco pinning former partner Cowboy Bob Orton. Jake the Snake Roberts battling the natural Butch Reed to a draw. And in the main event, Macho Man Randy Savage over the IC champion Honky Tonk Man on a countout. As we move on to Nashville, Tennessee, Municipal Auditorium, August the 23rd, in front of 8,000 fans. It's a pretty big number. Going to see David San Martino over Terry Gibbs. Sam Houston pinned Tiger Chung Lee. It's Outback Jack and Special Delivery Jones over the shadows here. Don't know that I want to see that match. Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, now a babyface, scoring a win over Killer Khan. Also on the card, Brutus the Barber Beefcake over Greg the Hammer Valentine. On a disqualification, it's the team of George Steele and JYD again, this time defeating Tag Team Champion Heart Foundation on a countout. And in the main event, who sold the 8,000 tickets? Well, I do enjoy that Orndorff-Con match on the undercard, and I don't know that was initially announced as a matchup leading into this show, so close to Orndorff's turn, but it's the main event here. Listen to this. WWF Champion Hulk Hogan pinning the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase. So it already begins here. At least in the city of Nashville, all the way back in the month of August, Ted DiBiase doing a job for the Hulkster, just randomly here in Nashville, Tennessee. As we move on to New Haven, Connecticut, and the Coliseum on August the 24th. Happy birthday, Vince McMahon. Happy birthday, me. New Haven, Connecticut, Coliseum, August the 24th. 3,500 fans out to see Jerry Allen over Jose Estrada. C.B. Afi and Brady Boone defeat the team of Barry Horowitz and Mike Sharp. Outlaw Ron Bass over Scott Casey. Magnificent Morocco over the Cowboy Bob Orton. Million Dollar Man again pinning Davey Boy Smith. It's the natural Butch Reed and Macho Man Randy Savage battling once again to a double countout. And in the main event, Jake the Snake Roberts over IC champion Honky Tonk Man on a disqualification. As we move on to the West Coast, San Francisco, California, and the Cow Palace on August the 25th. 14,700 fans. A sellout here at the Cow Palace for a wrestling challenge 
TV tapings. So they're flip-flopping the tapings in this particular time. We usually see the Superstars taping as part of taping night number one and then challenge night two. This time around, it's challenge night one. Superstars going to be night two. Got to look at some of the dark matches and other things that took place here in the Cow Palace. Originally scheduled for the card, it was announced that the team of Billy Jack Haynes and Ken Patera would take on the team of Demolition to open the card. Now we know Patera is out. He'll actually be subbed here by George the Animal Steel. But right now we're going to head off to some promos. We're going to hear from both sides. First, Billy Jack Haynes, followed by Demolition, along with manager Mr. Fuji. And while he's out there, Fuji also going to talk about another matchup happening here in the Cow Palace later on in the night. It's going to be his man, Killer Khan, taking on Hulk Hogan for the WWF title. So we're going to listen to both sides here. It's Billy Jack Haynes, Demolition, and Fuji talking about two matches coming up here tonight. All right, it's a ways down the road, but I don't want to hold back any information regarding the next big World Wrestling Federation outing here in the San Francisco Bay Area when we return to the world-famous Cow Palace Tuesday night, August the 25th, for a phenomenal, phenomenal World Wrestling Federation card. The reason I want to share this information with you, the fact that the heavyweight champion of the world, Hulk Hogan, returns to his own home state of California for a title defense, challenger, Killer Khan. Khan, a bit of a mystery man. He's a former sumo, and I think he also has expertise in a number of the martial arts, but he's managed by Mr. Fuji, and it's going to be Killer Khan challenging Hulk Hogan for the heavyweight title. Brutus the Barber Beefcake to meet Danny Davis, the former referee, now part of the Hart Foundation, Billy Jack at 7.30 p.m. Come on in, Billy Jack. You and another gentleman from Portland, Ken Patera, are going to be teaming up to go against Axe and Smash members of Demolition. It should be a, a great tag team matchup. Uh, me, Jim, I'm very, very happy and proud to be coming close to my uh, my home ground, San Francisco Cal Palace. I'm very proud of my partner also from Portland, Oregon, Kim Patero. You know, ladies and gentlemen, Gene, the man paid his dues two years behind bars, and now he realizes what it's all about. And Bobby DeBrain Heenan, your day's coming. Demolition, we've seen you on TV. We know how tough you are. And in the Cal Palace, we're going to need the support because it's going to be one tough match, Gene. You take a look at Demolition, Axe, and Smash. And especially Mr. Fuji being behind them the way he is. They're, they're, they're mystery men of sorts, but boy, they've got size to them. They come in at a combined weight of over 600 pounds. They've got it all. You know, but one thing we have is the fans. We love you very much. And I'll tell you what, the 25th Tuesday in the Cow Palace is going to be some bodies flying, Gene. That's August the 25th, Cow Palace, San Francisco. Big card from top to bottom. Don't miss it. Get your tickets in advance. Oh, it's such a pleasure for me to be back in the Bay Area. We're going to be in San Francisco at the Cow Palace. Tuesday night, August 25th, 7.30 p.m. start, and what a phenomenal. I don't know, that may be underestimated. I say phenomenal. This is absolutely fantastic. This is the best of the World Wrestling Federation at the Cow Palace. Do get your tickets in advance. Brutus the Barber Beefcake is threatening a haircut after he defeats dangerous Danny Davis. We'll see on the 25th. Come on in. So many of the great superstars you see here week in and week out are going to be part of this big date in the Cow Palace. Mr. Fuji from Osaka, Japan, welcome back to the San Francisco Bay Area. You're going to have a very busy evening because Killer Khan, the former sumo wrestler from Mongolia, is going to be going against the heavyweight champion of the world, Hulk Hogan, for the title. Okay, Hogan, now you know how it feels to be temporarily blind by Khan. I masterminded that whole situation, boy, son, and now you will pay more because that belt will become ours, Khan and Mr. Fuji. <laughs> what about the Mongolian mist? Are we going to see that again? Uh, you might see more than you expected, boy, Song. 
Because you, Hogan, better be on your toes. I'll be personally outside ring watching. Watching? Watching? Yes. Watching and directing Khan. All right. Very good. Bring these two big men in. Oh. Wow. Look, Look at, at that. Against Billy Jack and Patera. <laughs> Look at this. Demolition action smash to meet Billy Jack Haynes and strongman Ken Patera here on August 25th at the Cow Palace. Smash. You know what? One thing Fuji has told me. If you grab somebody by the neck oh, yeah. and squeeze, yeah. his face turns a little red. And then his eyes bug out. Yeah, yeah. And then he yeah. drops. Yeah. Well, Ken Patera, <laughs> Billy Jack, right here in San Francisco, all the people are going to see you drop. Isn't that right, Axe? I don't know if it's going to be quite that easy, yeah. Axe, as your partner. It's going to be very easy. It's going to be very easy for Killer Khan, our stablemate, to become the new champion. It's going to be even more easy for Smash and myself to eliminate Billy Jack Haynes and go two-on-one on Ken Patera. Kenny Patera's a big crybaby. All he does is complain about, oh, somebody should have helped me here. Somebody should have helped me this way. And you think Billy Jack Haynes is going to back you up? His spine's yellow. Billy Jack Haynes just might not even be there. He's afraid of us. Ken Patera, you bit off more than you can chew. You say you're a tough man. You're a strong man. Well, San Francisco, let's just see how it is. All right, the Cow Palace here in San Francisco. Big World Wrestling Federation card, Tuesday, August 25th. We've got to talk about the Big World Wrestling Federation event coming to the Cow Palace here in San Francisco. Tuesday night, August the 25th. What a phenomenal, phenomenal card indeed. 7.30 p.m. Here, here's what you get for openers at 7.30. Billy Jack Haynes from Portland, Oregon, teams up with another man from that very same city, Ken Patera. Come on in, if you would, please, Mr. Fuji. Patera and Billy Jack are going to be going against your, your team of demolition, axe, and smash. Let me tell you, Billy Jack Haynes and Ken Patera, I hate the state of Oregon. I have a big reason to hate Oregon. So I told my demolition to demolish you too, and they will. Here they are. They're absolutely awesome. They are demolition, axe, and you smash. That's right. Just like Fuji says, we're here to demolish people. And this is the big test. The two strong men will come in the ring and meet axe and smash. And we'll see who is the strongest because we're going to break you in half. What about an axe? The crybaby connection from Oregon. Ken Pratera and Billy Jack Haynes patting each other on the back said, Oh, you're great. No, you're great. Oh, you're great. Neither one of you are any good. I don't care for either one of you. You're both crybabies. You make excuses. And you're running into trouble. In San Francisco, we're going to kick you out of professional wrestling for once and all. All right, they are Demolition Action Smash meeting Ken Patera and Billy Jack Haynes as part of the action at the Cow Palace on August the 25th. The one match, Mr. Fuji, that I must discuss with you. Your new find from Mongolia, Killer Khan, will be challenging Hulk Hogan for the heavyweight crowd here on the next big card. Oh, San Francisco. I love you, San Francisco. A lot of funny and a lot of sick people there. Oh, you make Mr. Fuji very happy. Hogan-san! Oh, you remember too. Let me tell you, Hogan-san, you are in big trouble. My man, my man, the former sumo grand champion from Mongolia will take good care of you, Hogan. 
right in San Francisco. All right, I thank you, Mr. Fuji. Very determined, and he has the highest of expectations for his band. Killer Khan challenging Hulk Hogan for the heavyweight crown at the Cow Palace Tuesday night, August the 25th at 7.30 p.m. And there it was, and we head to the ring to kick things off. It's Axe and Smash Demolition, Fuji in their corner, scoring the win over Billy Jack Haynes and George the Animal Steel, subbing for Kim Patera. Kim Patera was ringside for this matchup, but has that giant cast from above his elbow all the way down his arm covering his hand. Patera can't do anything with that arm right now. But it was Smash securing the pin over Billy Jack Haynes after Axe hitting him in the back of the neck from behind with Mr. Fuji's cane. Haynes actually had Smash locked in the full Nelson during that finish, so it looked like he might have gotten the win there. But with a little distraction between Fuji and the animal, it's Axe from behind, blasting Haynes and allowing Demolition to steal the win. As we move on, more action on the show. Coco Beware, we talked about this during the news bit, scoring a win not once but twice over Barry Horowitz here in dark matches, both of them filmed for the upcoming Pile Driver music videos. So you wonder where those matches were filmed. They were filmed right here in the Cow Palace. If you're wondering how they did that bit with the Ghostbuster under the plexiglass, that was also filmed before the fans came in here to the arena at the Cow Palace. So all of the video clips of the wrestling action between Coco and Horowitz for that Pile Driver video filmed right here in the Cow Palace. Also on the card, Magnificent Morocco over former partner Cowboy Bob Orton. Billy Jack Haynes back in the ring again, but this time picking up a win over Crippler Rip Oliver, who makes his WWF debut of sorts here. Haynes going to get a win here over his Portland friend Rip Oliver with the backslide. Also on the card, Brutus the Barber Beefcake scheduled to take on former referee Dangerous Danny Davis. Jimmy Hart in his corner. Let's go off right now and hear from the Barber. All right, World Wrestling Federation action back here in the Bay Area. We're going to go to the world-famous Cow Palace Tuesday night, August the 25th, for a tremendous World Wrestling Federation card. Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Goodness sakes, welcome back home. This is your hometown, Brutus. And coming up here on the 25th of August, you've got a, a very important one-on-one -on -one matchup all of a sudden. No, it's not Valentine, it's not Bravo, it's not Johnny B. It's the former World Wrestling Federation referee, Danny Davis, a part of the Hart Foundation. Oh, that's right, the Hart Foundation. You know, Gene, I'm very excited about this, man. I've been really looking forward to this match. I went out to the Hart Foundation the other day, stopped in to deliver a special invitation to Danny Davis in person to come out to Brutus, the Beefcakes, the Barber's new school of style. Tell me about your new school of style, Mr. Beefcake. Well, Gene, you know, in my school, we don't just teach the basics of clipping hair, you know. We teach body spraying, head spraying. You know, we even do nails, you might say. You're, you're kidding me. <laughs> you know, I've seen some of the work you've done in the past. That, uh, that little piece you did on Luscious Johnny V., I don't know what you call that clip, but that's quite unusual. Well, I call that the reverse inverted Mohawk uh, New York style. Oh, that's a special touch, New York style? <laughs> that's right. All right, Danny Davis, you could have a very interesting evening ahead of you as you meet the Barber Brutus Beefcake at the Cow Palace Tuesday night, August 25th. All right, and there you hear it, Brutus Beefcake coming in hot here to take on Dangerous Danny, and it is the Beefer scoring the win over Danny Davis under disqualification after interference from Jimmy Hart. So Hart and Davis going to keep the hair at least for tonight. And we move on, more action. Going to see Macho Man Randy Savage, Elizabeth in his corner, scoring a win here over Omar Atlas, following the Flying Elbow Smash. Now this match actually originally taped to air here on an episode of Wrestling Challenge, but it doesn't because Omar Atlas never got wind that the Macho Man expected to make a turn to become a babyface. So Omar Atlas came out 
playing the babyface during this matchup, which kind of set everything off as far as the flow of the match. So, so while this was initially recorded to air on Wrestling Challenge, they'll actually redo this match on the Superstars taping and air that match as a part of Wrestling Challenge instead. So if you ever watch this episode of Challenge that features this matchup between Savage and Omar Atlas, and you see a Superstars banner, now you know why. And then as promised, we heard it here earlier, Mr. Fuji talking about the upcoming matchup between Hulk Hogan and Killer Khan. We're going to hear some promos here from the Hulkster. Multiple promos coming right now for the upcoming Dark Match main event featuring WWF champion Hulk Hogan taking on Killer Khan. All right, fans, here in the San Francisco Bay Area, we're back at the Cow Palace down the Pike Tuesday, August the 25th. A 7.30 p.m. starting. What a phenomenal card. Ken Patera, Billy Jack from, from up in Portland are going to be going against Demolition. Brutus, the barber beefcake to meet, to meet Danny Davis. Hulk Hogan, I'm very curious. I know you've got your title defense against Killer Khan, but after last week, I'm very curious. The medical report, the status of your eyes right now. Has the sight been restored fully? Well, the psych is back in the sight, brother. So many times I told the Hulkamaniacs, we're as one. Whether you can't walk or whether you can't see, let me be your legs, let me be your eyes. And when I looked in Killer Khan's face, when he showed me the darkness, man, I was scared to death, brothers. But one thing brought me through it. Back in Santa Monica, Venice Beach, the Hulkamaniacs led me around. They took me from the bench press, man, over to the incline, through the easy curl bar. They loaded the plates, even though I couldn't see, man. They stood behind me. They asked me on one more rep holster. And Moon Gene, Killer Khan, along with Mr. Fuji and the sins of mankind, they owe the Hulkamaniacs some kind of heavy dues like we have never felt before. You know, Hulk, I think this just goes to prove how far Mr. Fuji and Killer Khan will go to capture the heavyweight crown. Back to the basics, man. I'm the tiger. If you're man enough to look anything in the eyes, you can handle it. Killer Khan, Mr. Fuji, you made the biggest mistake of your life. They are both going to be mine. All right, but he says it. He usually does it. He's number one in all of professional wrestling. Heavyweight champ Hulk Hogan back in the Bay Area at the Cow Palace Tuesday, August 25th, for a title defense. All right, World Wrestling Federation back in the Bay Area, back at San Francisco's Cow Palace. It's a ways down the road, but we got to talk about Tuesday night, August the 25th, 7.30 p.m. start. And I don't care, fans down around San Jose to the south, up in Marin County to the north, throughout the Bay Area, get your tickets in advance for this phenomenal card. Here is an opener that starts at 7.30 p.m. on the money. Billy Jack Haynes and Ken Patera both from up in Portland to go against Axe and Smash from Demolition. Brutus the Barber Beefcake to meet the former World Wrestling Federation referee, Danny Davis. And you've heard from him before. Bay Area Wrestling fans, Hulk Hogan, back at the Cow Palace for a title defense Tuesday night, August the 25th. And Hulkster, all of a sudden, Killer Khan, this man gaining quite a reputation for himself in a big hurry. We do I get off on nothing more than rocking San Francisco from east side of the Bay, means he incenses matches reach such international concern. Mr. Fuji's in his corner. I figured I'd better consult with my people. That's why I went to the head of the, the Department of International War Crimes, President Oliver North, Vice President Gary Hart, and Secretary Donna Rice. We all confronted, we all consoled, and we all decided in a little teeny brown ha- townhouse in Annapolis 
that all we should do is seek and destroy. The United States of America, all my American-made Hulkamaniacs, will forgive me if I break the rules, cross the boundaries, just as long as I don't shred the evidence up. Do it right in the middle of the ring. Destroy Khan. Sayonara, Mr. Fuji. How about that, Ollie North, Gary Hart? Yes, Secretary Ooh. Donna Rice. Hulk, I like your style. Kyle Palace here, August 25th, Tuesday night. All right, for you good people here in the Bay Area, the World Wrestling Federation returns to San Francisco and the Cow Palace Tuesday night, August the 25th. I know my good friend Kevin O'Brien looking forward to this one in a big way. It's, it's truly going to be a sensational, sensational evening of World Wrestling Federation action. 7.30 p.m., how about this? Billy Jack and Ken Patera as a team to meet Demolition. Later on, Brutus the Barber Beefcake has his eyes on Danny Davis. This man... Heavyweight champion of the world has his sights set on Killer Khan Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Title defense for you here in the Bay Area at the Cow Palace on August 25th. This Killer Khan, everybody I think knows what's happened in the past between you and him and you and Mr. Fuji. Well, we're a nation that's used to being at war, Mean Gene. Vietnam 20 years ago, blow my brother's legs off. We welcomed him back home. Whether his arms, his sight, or his vision, anything was taken from him. We loved him because they're Americans and we welcomed him back home. So was the same when Killer Khan sniffed that green Mongolian swap in my eyes. The Hulkamaniacs, they saw for me. They walked for me. They loaded the bar for me. They fed me, man. And that meant full-scale war, Killer Khan. And you know who laid the battle plan out, me and Gene? I'd like to hear who it might have been, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> it was a 16-millimeter man, Ollie North. He said, surround the territorial boundaries. Seek and divide Khan from Fuji, but don't beat him in the center of the ring. Shred him apart. Shred the evidence that'll lure Fuji into the combat zone. Make him tremble from head to toe. All right, the war is on. Side of defense, Hulk Hogan at the Cow Palace. Coming up on the 25th of August, Killer Khan a challenge on that Tuesday night. Some fun stuff there from Hulk Hogan, who heads to the ring and successfully defends that WWF title, scoring the win here over Killer Khan on a countout. I have to imagine that was because this was a TV taping. Either that or they planned to bring the match back. We'll have to wait and see what happens here in the Cow Palace. But for right now, we move on to the following day taping, Superstars tapings, August the 26th. 9,000 fans for another sellout, this time Fresno, California, and the Celland Arena. And I should note, this, this set of Challenge and Superstars taping, it's happening in August. None of these matches will make air until the month of September. And several matches recorded here on this Superstars taping to air on upcoming episodes of Primetime Wrestling, and we're going to look into those right now. For Primetime on September the 7th, we're going to see Cowboy Bob Orton over Jerry Allen, which also saw a confrontation between Orton and former partner Don Morocco. On commentary for this one, Gorilla Monsoon and Mike McGurk. She's going to make her TV debut as an announcer along with Gorilla Monsoon on the September the 7th primetime. Also taped for September 7th primetime, Tag Team Champion Hart Foundation with Danny Davis and Jimmy Hart in their corner, defeating the team of the Rougeau brothers on a countout after Jacques chasing Danny Davis away from ringside and Raymond laid out on the floor. As we get yet another debut in this match of another announcer in Bruce Pritchard, going to make his announcing debut for this match between the Hearts and the Rougeaus. Pritchard's partner for this one, Mike McGurk once more, we also talked about this as part of the challenge tapings, and here it is. Scheduled to air on the September 20th edition of Wrestling Challenge, but re-recorded here on this Superstars taping. It's once again the Macho Man 
picking up a win over Omar Atlas with that flying elbow off the top. Also here at this Superstars taping, a couple more primetime wrestling matches recorded for the September 17th edition of Primetime sees Outback Jack and Special Delivery Jones team up with a win over Daryl Nickel and Rudy Ryder. And then, closing out the night, Tito Santana over Intercontinental Champion the Honky Tonk Man on a disqualification after Jimmy Hart interfered with Honky Tonk Man's guitar. Seemed like Tito might get the win there, locking Honky Tonk in the figure four leg lock, but Jimmy Hart not going to let the title change hands, rushing into the ring with the guitar. And Tito Santana, while he gets the win on a disqualification, as you know by now, he doesn't get the title. And then we close out the night here. We saw Hogan and Khan night one there at the tapings on Wrestling Challenge. Well, here tonight, it's WWF champion Hulk Hogan going over on the one-man gang. So those matches beginning to happen between the Hulkster and the gang here, heading into the fall of 87. Also, while we're out here on the West Coast, Ventura, California, the county fairgrounds main arena, August the 27th. Some of the matches on the card, it's scheduled to see the fabulous Moolah getting a return matchup with the new champion, Sensational Sherry. The Shadows were scheduled to take on the team of Chavo Guerrero and Jerry Allen. The Demolition reportedly going up against Powers and Roma. It's million-dollar man Ted DiBiase. There seems to be a result for this matchup, defeating longtime friend and longtime foe, the Junkyard Dog. Also on the card, Jake Roberts versus Honky Tonk Man for the IC title. But I'm looking at the main event here. Again, WWF champion Hulk Hogan over the one-man gang. What a, what a loaded card there. Might be the first time in Ventura. I'm not sure, but DiBiase and the dog. Okay, that didn't really sell the tickets, but it's fun for me. Also there, you have the IC title and the WWF title being defended in Ventura, California. As we move on to Tucson, Arizona, and the Community Center on August the 27th, it's Dingo Warrior over Frenchie Martin. The Killer Bees back in action, but they can't win the belts. They take on the Tag Team Champion Heart Foundation here. I don't have results for that match, but we know the hearts retain over the Killer Bees. Also on the card, wow, listen to this. Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff over the Macho Man Randy Savage. Who was playing heel? Who was playing face? I have no idea. And the fact that it says Orndorff over Savage, I got to question that as well. But if this is indeed a real result, another match I would love to have in my video archives. Also on the card, it's Brutus the Barber Beefcake over Sika the Wild Samoan. And listen to this one. Nikolai Volkov defeats the Dingo Warrior. Could it be true? Dingo subbing for Coco Beware in that matchup. Nikolai Volkov over the Dingo Warrior. Did it really happen? I want to see that as well. Some interesting finishes here in Tucson, Arizona, and we're not done yet. Also, King Kong Bundy scoring a win here over Kim Chi, who is a substitute here for the Ugandan Kamala. So Kamala, a bit of a no-show there. We'll have to keep an eye on that. Also announced for that card, it was Tito Santana and Hercules. I don't have results for that matchup in Tucson. So we move on to Salt Lake City, Utah, and the Salt Palace. August the 28th, 3,718 fans to see Outback Jack over Tiger Chung Lee, Ravishing Rick Rude over Scott Casey, the Magnificent Morocco scoring a win over former partner Cowboy Bob Orton once more. It's natural Butch Reed pinning Billy Jack Haynes, so you see where Haynes is on the card now. Killer Khan defeating George the Animal Steel on a disqualification. The new Dream Team over the Rougeau brothers and in the main event, Old Fashioned Whippin' Match going to see superstar Billy Graham substitute for Kim Patera over the King Harley race and all throughout the matchup Mr. T not in Salt Lake City so Bobby Heenan actually handcuffed to Ken Patera himself for the duration of this one and as you might imagine Heenan getting a beating with that belt after the matchup T 
10 lashes from the superstar and Ken Patera there. It's up next, August the 28th, the Paul Bosch Retirement Show. We touched on this earlier on the grenade as well. Houston, Texas, the Sam Houston Coliseum. In front of a sellout crowd, 12,000 fans coming to see the retirement of Paul Bosch. He even gets to make a retirement statement in the ring during this show. Also on the card, million-dollar man Ted DiBiase out there having a kid sing the Yellow Rose of Texas, but DiBiase refusing to pay the kid the $300 after the fact because he wasn't satisfied with his singing. So I think they're finally getting the hang of this. Offer to pay somebody the money and then take it back. That's how you get the real heel heat here. Way to go, Ted DiBiase. And remember, on the card, several wrestlers from Paul Bosch's past, lots of guys that he promoted here in the Houston Territory, were brought in to be part of this show. So you're going to see a few familiar and maybe not so familiar names pop up throughout the course of the results here at this Paul Bosch retirement show. And it all starts off Sam Houston over Steve Lombardi with a bulldog. Tom Pritchard brought in, going to go over on the maniac Mark Lewin with an enziguri kick. Then from there, whoo, listen to this, Terry Funk pinning Chavo Guerrero with an inside cradle. So I think Chavo brought in here more so for Paul Bosch, who used the Guerreros quite a bit throughout his run as a Houston promoter. Also taped and aired on the international version of Wrestling Challenge, living legend Bruno San Martino brought in for the Paul Bosch retirement show. It's Bruno defeating the mighty Hercules on a countout. Bruno knocking Hercules off the apron. Herc deciding not to get back in the ring. Bruno picking up the win there. And after the matchup, Bobby Heenan bringing Andre the Giant out. But once again, much like Madison Square Garden, Andre not happy with his ovation. The, the, the jeers from the crowd caused the Giant to only make it halfway to the ring before he turns around and walks back to the locker room. Here on the card in Houston, it's Brutus the Barber Beefcake defeating his former manager, Luscious Johnny V. By the sleeper hold, match goes about seven minutes. Brutai going to cut the hair of Luscious Johnny one more time, and JV back out later in the show for an in-ring promo, talking about revenge on Brutus Beefcake via the new Dream Team. And we've seen it for months now, JV with that mohawk haircut. Well, he has even less hair, almost bald after this matchup with the Barber in Houston. Also on the card, WWF champion Hulk Hogan comes to town, pinning the one-man gang with a big body slam and leg drop. Women's champion, the sensational Sherry, over the fabulous Moolah in a rematch. Remember, it was last month Sherry defeated Moolah for the belt right here in Houston. Here's the rematch. Sherry Martell getting the win again. The women getting over in the corner. The referee looking for a clean break, but Sherry popping Moolah one there and stealing a win over the fabulous one. Also on the card, JYD teaming with Tony Atlas. Big Cat Ernie Ladd in their corner, picking up a win here over Kamala and Sika with Mr. Fuji and Kim Chi in their corner. Junkyard Dog pinning Sika after Fuji tripping the dog up on the outside as he's going for the thump power slam, but the quote-unquote momentum caused JYD to roll over on top. I would love to see some JYD momentum here in 1987. Had to be an interesting finish. Also on the card, million-dollar man Ted DiBiase defeating Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Two big staples of the Houston and Mid-South Territory. DiBiase picking up the win there. Virgil on the outside probably had something to do with it. DiBiase scoring the win with that middle rope falling back elbow drop. And reportedly, it was because of the quality of this match here between good friends Duggan and DiBiase that Hacksaw was able to reclaim his job here with the World Wrestling Federation following that firing at the end of May. So it's been three months since we've seen Jim Duggan here in the WWF. But we know now he will be back sooner rather than later, and that's a pretty good deal. Tough guy. As we close out the retirement card here in Houston, one more matchup. 
going to see Mil Mascaras return with Tito Santana for tag team action here in their corner man, Jose Lothario. So it's Mascara and Santana, Jose Lothario in their corner, Latin fire all around, Santana and Mascara scoring a win over Axe and Smash Demolition, accompanied to the ring by Mr. Fuji. However, the baby faces Mil and Tito only getting the win on a DQ here after Mr. Fuji caught tripping up Tito Santana from the outside. Now, after the match, it was Santana and Mascaras clearing the ring of Demolition and Mr. Fuji, however, to send the fans home happy as we move on to Baltimore, Maryland and the Baltimore Arena, August the 29th, sellout crowd of 12,000 out to see S.D. Jones over Barry Horowitz, Sika the Samoan over Jerry Allen. It's Demolition defeating the team of Sam Houston and, well, he's back, Chavo Guerrero. So demos over Chavo and Sam Houston. We'll see how long this lasts. Women's champion Sensational Sherry over Fabulous Moolah. Natural Butchery defeating Superstar Billy Graham. That's what it says on the paper. Tito Santana over the Mighty Hercules. It's Junkyard Dog over Kamala on a disqualification. Brutus the Barber Beefcake battling the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase. Ugh. To a 20-minute time limit draw. Sorry, Ted. Why are we getting 10-minute matches against Davy Boy Smith with DiBiase, but Brutai gets to go 20? It's just not fair, I tell you guys. And we close out the card. I set a sellout here in Baltimore. 12,000 fans out to see, no doubt, this one. Listen to this. WWF champion Hulk Hogan teaming with the living legend Bruno Sammartino. Going to score the win here over King Kong Bundy and the one-man gang. Wow, that's a lot of beef. It's Hogan and Bruno picking up the win here. Hogan scoring the pinfall, naturally, over King Kong Bundy. But the big news here, August the 29th, Baltimore, Maryland. Happens to be the final match ever of Bruno Sammartino. Now, I don't know if he knew it at the time. I don't know if Vince knew it at the time. But Bruno Sammartino putting the boots up after this one, teaming with the Hulkster in his final match. How ironic. There was no real passing of the torch there, but you go from Bruno to Hogan. And we get to see him one time in the ring here together. And there are a few pictures of this out there in the aftermags, I do believe, as well. But it's Hogan and Bruno Sammartino over Bundy and the gang in Bruno's last match. As we head back out west, Los Angeles, California, Sports Arena, also August the 29th, 4,000 fans to see Ravishing Rick Rude over Scott Casey, Outback Jack defeat Tiger Chung Lee, the new Dream Team over the Rougeos, Natural Butch Reed pinning Billy Jack Haynes, it's Morocco again over Orton, Killer Khan defeating George the Animal Steel on a disqualification, and in the main event, more old-fashioned whipping guys, Superstar Graham, Kim Patera in his corner, it's Graham over the King Harley Race, post-match Patera getting to whip. Bobby the Brain Heenan. As we go back east, that was fast, Buffalo, New York Memorial Auditorium, August the 29th as well, Dingo Warrior over Frenchie Martin, Powers and Roma over the Shadows, Macho Man Randy Savage battling Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff to a time limit draw. Now there's something I want to see. Outlaw Ron Bass defeating Leaping Lanny Poffo, Coco Beware over Nikolai Volkov on a disqualification, six-man tag team action, going to see the Killer Bees teaming with Tito Santana, over Dangerous Danny Davis and the Tag Team Champion Heart Foundation, hoping Davis took the pin there. And in the main event, Jake the Snake Roberts over Intercontinental Champion, the Honky Tonk Man, on a countout. And during that matchup, manager Jimmy Hart suspended above the ring in a shark cage for the duration of that one. However, Jake the Snake only getting the win on a countout there from the Honky Tonk Man in Buffalo. As we move on to Seattle, Washington and the Coliseum on August 30th, Scott Casey over Tiger Chung Lee. It's Morocco one more time over Cowboy Bob, so clearly they have no plans for Bob Orton. We haven't seen a single count out, disqualification, draw, 
None of that stuff here. Orton hasn't went over once. It's Morocco over Orton every night out here. I'm not really complaining about that. It's just something I noticed throughout the month of August. Also here in Seattle, Rick Rude over Outback Jack, another match I want to see. Killer Khan defeating George Steele on a disqualification. The new Dream Team continue to defeat the Rougeos. It's Billy Jack Haynes battling Butch Reed to a draw. And the superstar Billy Graham over the King Harley race yet again in another old-fashioned whipping match. Bobby Heenan again handcuffed to Kim Batera for this one, and Heenan getting the lashes after the match. As we get down to the nitty-gritty, going to close it out here pretty soon. Just a few cards left to look at, including here in Toronto, Ontario, at the Maple Leaf Gardens in front of 16,000 fans. On August the 30th, it's Jerry Allen over Frenchie Martin, S.D. Jones defeating Steve Lombardi, and this is an interesting one. It's Powers and Roma. Jimmy Powers, Paul Roma, over the team of Sika, the Wild Samoan, and the Ugandan headhunter Kamala on a disqualification. Now it's noted that the heel team lost on a DQ after Kamala came off the top with a splash, which I don't think was banned, but maybe it was. I'm not really sure what the deal is here. And not only is it newsworthy because Powers and Roma get a win even on a DQ over a team like Kamala and Sika, but even more so because this is the last confirmed appearance of Kamala in the World Wrestling Federation until 1992. So it would appear Kamala collecting one more payday here in front of 16,000 fans at the Maple Leaf Gardens, and then he heads home. No more Kamala here in the WWF moving forward, and that's really unfortunate. Vince McMahon and company dropping the ball with this team of Kamala and Sika. Should they have been tag team champions? No, but they could have done something really fun with them. Nevertheless. As we move on, more action here in Toronto. It's women's champion Sherry over the fabulous Mula. Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff defeating Nikolai Volkov. Ted DiBiase pinning the junkyard dog after use of a foreign object. Hmm, that sounds familiar. You go back to 1982. It was DiBiase using his loaded glove to KO the dog and win the North American Championship in the Mid-South Territory, turning heel in the process. And now, all these years later, once again, DiBiase scoring another win over the JYD. As we roll on, more action upcoming. Up next, it's going to be Brutus the Barber Beefcake scheduled to take on the former referee, Dangerous Danny Davis. But first, before we get to the matchup, Billy Redline standing by with Dangerous Danny and manager Jimmy Hart. Tomorrow night at 7.30 p.m. right here in Toronto's Maple Leaf Gardens, promoter Jack Tunney presents the card we've all been waiting for. You'll be seeing such stars as S.D. Jones, Jerry Allen... Frenchie Martin, in a one-on-one, Nikolai Volkov goes against Paul, Mr. Wonderful Orndorff. Tag action, Paul Roma along with Jim Powers, Facey Ugandan, Headhunter Kamala, and Sika. Ladies' world title match, Sherry Martel defends against the fabulous Moolah. The Junkyard Dog, he will battle the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. World heavyweight title on the line, Hulk Hogan, will risk his title against the one-man gang. Also, the barber of the World Wrestling Federation, We'll battle dangerous Danny Davis. Jimmy Hart come in, if you will, possibly tomorrow night. Part of the Hart Foundation will get a new uh, hairstyle. Well, wait a minute. First of all, it's not dangerous Danny Davis for this match. It's dangerous scissors Danny Davis, baby. Let me tell you something, Brutus. You know, he thinks he's really cute. He thinks he's really funny going around trying to give everybody a little hairstyle. He puts him asleep with that sleeper hole, and he sprays him. Well, let me tell you, buddy, we've got a big surprise for you. Right, Danny? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Jimmy Hart and myself have gone to the limit. We have taken the Danny Davis School of Refereeing and branched out into barbering. And I've got a little bit of barbering under my uh, collar, as, as I say. <laughs> and I am going to beat 
beefcake right in the middle of the ring and that I am going to cut his hair just like that. <laughs> Jimmy even bought me this barber coat. <laughs> hey, Kenny, good, baby. And come to Arnold Maple Leaf Garden, I am going to defeat him and humiliate him like he's never been humiliated before. And I don't think he'll ever come back because his ego isn't going to be able to stand it. Big surprise. Big surprise. Come on, baby. Remember, that's tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m. right here in Toronto's Maple Leaf Gardens. World Heavyweight title on the line. Don't you dare miss this one. And there you heard it. Danny Davis with some scissors there, looking to do a little cutting, maybe some strutting himself. Is Dangerous Danny, but doesn't happen. As it's Brutus the Barber Beefcake over Dangerous Danny Davis. Davis is manager for this match only. The Doctor of Style Slick. Jimmy Hart not here in Toronto, so the Slickster stepping in to replace him as it didn't really help Danny either way. Brutus Beefcake picking up the win here on a disqualification after interference from the Doctor of Style. And then in the main event, remember guys, I said 16,000 strong, so you know they're getting a big main event here. Going to be the WWF champion Hulk Hogan taking on the challenge of the one-man gang with Slick in his corner. And right now we're going to head off to promos from both sides. It's Billy Redline standing by with the one-man gang, the Doctor of Style Slick, and then... WWF champion, Hulk Hogan. Tomorrow night in Toronto's Maple Leaf Gardens, promoter Jack Tunney presents the card the whole wrestling world is talking about. Topping it off, world heavyweight title on the line, the one and only Hulk Hogan puts his title on the line against the one-man gang, Dr. Vestal, just a little more than 24 hours. That's it, brother. And then you're going to have a new heavyweight champion of the world. That's right, just like I predicted, just like I promised. Now, you know, I've heard many a manager and I've heard many an opponent talk about Hulk Hogan. I've heard them put him down. Well, I'm going to surprise you, deadhead, and I'm going to surprise all these goofy Canadians. I'm not going to put Hulk Hogan down. You know why, brother? I respect the man. Because this is a man that has held the world's heavyweight championship for three and a half years. This is a man that stood toe-to-toe with King Kong Bundy. This is a man that stood toe-to-toe with Paul Orndorff. This is a man that stood toe-to-toe with Kamala, the Ugandan headhunter. So this is a man you've got to respect. But remember one thing, Hogan. Come on in, brother. You haven't stood up against the big 747. Take a look at him, six feet nine. 483 pounds the one man game this is a man unlike any other big man professional wrestler this is a man that can do flying body presses this is a man can do flying head scissors this is a man that can do suplexes this is a man can do drop kicks deadhead something you couldn't do in your career with that big flat head of yours now let me tell you one thing Hulk Hogan this man represents a new era in professional wrestling this man represents the future <laughs> this is the cream of the crock, brother. And you're going to find out what it's like to have a master blaster put on you. Gang, why don't you tell him what's going to happen? Well, you know, Slick, I made you a promise when I signed and you was my manager. I said, you will be managing a heavyweight champion and just 24 hours away. I'm going to walk into the ring with the world heavyweight champion, Hulk Hogan. And when I leave the ring, yeah, he's a great man. And I hope he can hold his head high and walk out in defeat proud because I'm going to beat the man right in the middle, which nobody's ever done. I'm going to make history in Toronto, Canada. And you can bank on it. <laughs> and Hogan, 
We don't want you to be a distasteful or an ungrateful, disgraceful uh, champion. We want you to just shine that belt up and hand it right on over, Holmes. Remember, that's tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m., right here in Toronto's Maple Leaf Gardens. Don't you dare miss this one. Tomorrow night, right here in Toronto's Maple Leaf Gardens, promoter Jack Penny presents the card we've all been waiting for. You'll be seeing such stars as Jerry Allen, S.D. Jones, Frenchie Martin, Nikolai Volkov, the big Russian. He faces Paul, Mr. Wonderful Orndorff. Tag action. Has the Ugandan headhunter Kamala and Sika going against Paul Roma and Jim Powers. Ladies World title match. Sherry Martell defends her title against the former champion, the fabulous Moolah. The barber, Brutus Beefcake, he will battle dangerous Danny Davis. The junkyard dog goes against the million-dollar man and topping it off the match the whole wrestling world is talking about. The one-man gang goes against the one and only Hulk Hogan. Well, you know something, Billy Red? I just want the one-man gang to check out the largest back in the world. And just in case the airport's closed down or the runways have some potholes, gang, you can go ahead and land your plane on my back. I won't mind one bit. But I want to explain one thing to you. To take the World Wrestling Federation heavyweight title from me, the first thing you're going to have to do is take two of the largest arms in the world and snap them in half. And after you do that, brother, you got to roll the Hulkster over on the largest back in the world and pin me for a one, two, three count. It can't be done. Let me tell you something, man. You're in the wrong territory, brother. This is Hulk country. I own Toronto and all the Hulkamaniacs. We live by the three demandments of training, saying our prayers, eating our vitamins, and we can get by any obstacle as long as we believe. But I gotta say one thing, brother. If you go to the top rope and put the knee in the back of my head and come crashing down, I'll bench press you through the ionosphere just like I would the sun if it was to fall out of the sky. And what you gonna do when Hulkamania and the largest arms in the world run wild on you? Tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m. right here in Toronto's Maple Leaf Gardens. Don't you dare miss this one. All right, some fun sound bites there. The gang coming to town, challenging the Hulkster for the WWF title. Let's see what happens here. In the main event, it is WWF champion Hulk Hogan pinning the one-man gang after a big body slam and the leg drop. Going to pick up the win there. Hulkster to retain. Just a couple of shows left here on August the 31st. Portland, Oregon at the Memorial Coliseum. It's Don Morocco over Cowboy Bob Orton, Ravishing Rick Rude over Scott Casey, who is now subbing for Outback Jack, New Dream Team over the Rougeau Brothers, Killer Khan defeating George the Animal Steel, Billy Jack Haynes, hey, a Portland favorite, battling Natural Butch Reed to a draw. Then from there, the main event, King Harley Race defeating Superstar Billy Graham, subbing for Ken Patera in a country whipping match. Did you hear me, guys? It's stated that Harley Race defeated Superstar Graham here in Portland. I don't know about that. Now, during the matchup, Heenan handcuffed Kim Patera at ringside, but I just can't see Patera nor Superstar Graham getting lashed here, so you have to figure it still went to Bobby Heenan no matter the outcome. As we close out the month of August, one final card to look at, Montreal, Quebec at the Forum. Sees Chavo Guerrero over Barry Horowitz, Frenchie Martin back in his native Montreal. He's going to pick up a win over Jerry Allen. Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff defeats Nikolai Volkov. It's women's champion Sensational Sherry defeating the fabulous Mula. Demolition over the Killer Bees. Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase pins Coco Beware. WWF Intercontinental Champion the Honky Tonk Man over the Macho Man Randy Savage on a disqualification. King Kong Bundy defeats Jake the Snake Roberts. And in the main event of the show, Pat Patterson donning the tights yet again. 
Remember, he scored the win over Brutus Beefcake last time around. Well, here it is, the rematch later in the month of August, closing out the month of August, but this time with a special enforcer referee in Mr. T. And the matchup sees Brutus Beefcake get his revenge, defeating Pat Patterson here in the main event in Montreal. So a little bit of shenanigans. Patterson coming out of retirement, scoring a win over Beefcake. Of course, Patterson playing the heel there. They bring him back for a rematch, this time Mr. T involved. And Beefcake going to avenge his loss to Patterson earlier here in the month of August by picking up the win here on Pat, closing out the month on the 31st. And that'll wrap it up for all of the house show results, some TV taping results, the fun sound bites in between for this week on The Grenade. So you know what that means next time around. Next week, we're going to return as we kick off August TV here for 1987 in the World Wrestling Federation. And it's going to be a very unique episode of The Grenade because we have five weeks of TV in the month of August. That's just the way the dates fell. And as you guys have noticed, I've been trying to do about two weeks at a time on every episode of The Grenade. And that leaves us with an extra week, an odd week out, if you will. So next week, we're going to tackle the first week of August here for 1987 in the World Wrestling Federation. And then we're going to have a little fun. We're also going to fantasy book a pay-per-view card of sorts, if you will. Now, we all know SummerSlam doesn't debut until 1988. But what if, guys, what if there was a SummerSlam here in 1987 to follow WrestleMania 3? Well, next week, I'm going to look at some of your ideas you've sent me on social media. And I'm also going to give you my finalized card as well. My, Ray Russell's SummerSlam 87. Going to have a little fun fantasy booking here and see what a card might look like. Now, some of these matches we've been going over here in the month of August, we might see a match or two from the house shows there on my SummerSlam 87. But I'm like I said, I'm going to try to be realistic. Now, moving into the month, it seemed obvious that we would do something with Kim Patera versus the Heenan family. But remember, Patera's out with the arm injury. A lot of people even sent in, oh, this is where the Can-Am Connection should have defeated the Hart Foundation for the tag team titles. Well, maybe. But at the same time, Tom Zink no more. Tom Zink quit the company in the early part of July. So again, my fantasy booking for SummerSlam going to make the most sense possible. If somebody's injured, I'm not going to include them in the ring. If somebody's left the company, certainly not going to include that. If somebody hasn't turned face or heel yet, well, I'm going to honor that as well. I'm going to make my SummerSlam 87 make the most sense possible for what was going on right now, right here in July, August of 1987 in the World Wrestling Federation. Going to have a lot of fun with that. And again, I'm going to go back and look at some of your guys' matches as well. Maybe we'll talk about those if we have enough time also. But make sure you return because we kick off August TV next week. Lots of stuff going on as we continue on the summer here of 1987 in the World Wrestling Federation. But for now, it's time to say goodbye, but we will be back next week, guys. So just a reminder, you can follow me, Ray Russell, on social media. Follow me on Twitter at Wrestling Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. Also follow and like me at Facebook.com slash Wrestling Grenade. And of course, subscribe to my YouTube channel over at YouTube.com slash wrestling grenade over 480 videos and counting there lots of mid-south georgia wwf 87 and more going up right now over there at youtube.com slash wrestling grenade so make sure you subscribe right now and before we close things out i gotta ask you guys one more time if you have a few bucks sitting around you're looking to donate to a good cause here in the professional wrestling world looking for that next podcast or podcast network you want to sponsor I'd appreciate it if you considered giving the WrestleCopia brand a try over at the $5 all-access tier at patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. That's patreon.com 
slash wrestle c-o-p-i-a gets you all sorts of good stuff for just five dollars no subscription you can cancel any time give it a try i think you'll like all the content that i offer there and remember guys the most important part every penny you give me goes right back into paying the bills and keeping all of this up and running here at the wrestlecopia podcast network so i want to thank you guys in advance for your consideration remember guys we'll be back next time Going to kick off the month of August TV here for 1987 in the WWF. Also going to fantasy book a SummerSlam 87 card. Going to be fun times right here next time on the Wrestling Memory Grenade. Until then, this is Ray Russell saying, from pillar to post and coast to coast, you pull the pin and I'll pick up the pieces right here on the Wrestling Memory Grenade. I'll see you next week. Don't miss it. Be there! When you were reprimanded by your parents, did you ever get a spanking? Were you ever whipped? Ever whipped? I was never reprimanded by my parents. I never did anything wrong. I was a model child. I'm a great citizen of this United States. Nobody has ever put leather on my body, and no one ever will. I'm handcuffed to Pizza Face San Martino, the living legend.